Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the absolute shitstorm, the terrible, awful, narcissistic, unnecessary piece of poo that is the state of wrestling address. I am, of course, the king of shithousery, the Egyptian comm machine videographer. Basically, I do everything in wrestling, but that doesn't stop people getting really bitchy, does it, and going online and crying on their keyboards. And, I don't know, I can't such a piece of shit. And uh, I would be in agreement with you. I am a piece of shit. I'm Aaron Nix. Joining me on this podcast is the man who puts the wood in Bollywood, the man whose hard drive should not be submitted to the FBI anytime soon, and the man who is, of course, on the top 10 FBI's most wanted predators list. It is, of course, Tanvir. Hi, everyone. Looks like he's ready for his court appeal, to be honest. <laughs> I had a staff meeting today. It went well. <laughs> but, uh, really, what was it for? Because to be fair, like all jokes aside, you actually look quite snappy. Yeah. It was just a general staff meeting, just going over things because NHS and all that. Yeah. How is the NHS? Is it still overloaded and woefully um, being raped and, you know... Still, still overloaded. Sorry, scum! There was, there was one old lady who gave me hope because she... Because um, answered the phone and she and I was like, oh, I don't have a, an appointment until this date. She's like, oh, that's okay. I know it's a busy period. I'm like, thank fuck, someone knows. I'm like, thank <laughs> you. I'm like, you've you've made my day by just <laughs> just knowing that you know it's a busy period. You wouldn't be overwhelmed if it wasn't for a steaming pile of shit called Rishi Sunak. So you know, so... <laughs> get out. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, all political rants aside, ladies and gentlemen, we are also joined in the triple threat, the trifecta of State of Wrestling Address, by the current reigning and defending Risen Pro Wrestling Champion, one half of the IWE Tag Team Champions, the BCD, Il Campione Ichiban, number one champion of the world, and of course he's a champion somewhere else that nobody cares about. And ultimately, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, nobody cares about that belt, please. Big cock disorder! <laughs> uh -huh, disorder is right, honestly. It's, there's a lot of disorders in that one. What is Danny there? Shut up, I'm doing Rob Sears' <laughs> intro. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the delicious, delectable, delinquent of Dorset that is, ladies and gentlemen, Il Sausage Mammoth, capacity number one, Il Anaconda Wrap Around Your Neckaroo, Roger, the main event, the history maker, the largest penis in all of the land. Uh, wow the man who needs no introduction because his cock knocks the door wide open his introduction is longer than the undertaker's entrance <laughs> some say roger sears cock is so big that it is the blueprint for the great wall of china <laughs> Some it's say Roger's cock is so big you can see it from space. Roger C's cock is so big that it is actually designed on the railway network of the United States of America. <laughs> <laughs> There's also some wrestling this week. Um, yeah, this... <laughs> like anyone cares about that, right? Let's get cracking. So uh, let's start with the fact that Koto Bushi is now officially signed with All Elite Wrestling. Does anyone fucking care? Because I don't. We already no. we already knew he was signed, and the thing is, he's working. He's he's gonna be like Pack, where he'll be going back and forth between Japan and. Oh, so he's not gonna be utilized whatsoever, despite being really talented. Pretty much. <laughs> Fair they, enough. They 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 off him... To a guy who literally wears jeans. 
This is his this is his fourth match in AEW and two of them have been street fights. It's like that's not his style, man. Yeah, yeah, that's um yeah, let's he's get not the Abushi of he's not the Abushi of old with DDT and doing all the craziness. No, he's 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 older now. Yeah, get the uh Kaz Botch Garo Carter and he'll sort of things out. Um I just um he's he he used to be such a good wrestler, didn't he? Until AEW got their hands on him. Like <laughs> Japanese royalty, and now he's a pile of shit and everyone hates him. Uh funny. Oh, that's not true. Nobody actually knows who he is in North America. Uh, yeah, I don't care. I, I don't give a shit. I, I've never been that big a fan of Ibushi. It's clearly obvious he can work. Uh, I um, Obviously, does anyone remember the infamous fireworks in Bethnal Green? Have you seen... <laughs> well, there's a guy stood on a car, a Japanese wrestler with fireworks. It went viral a few years ago. Yeah. That's a bushy. <laughs> no, that was yeah, that was a bushy basically. Yeah, um, I think it was one PW in um. East I London. think it was XPW. XPW, that was it. Yeah, because one PW is a big steaming pile of shit and all. Uh, you know, that's neither here nor there. No, uh, what was the name of the venue? Even call me, call me. I'll still fucking work for money. I don't give a shit. What was the or hate? <clears throat> what was the name of the venue that Eve used to run where we went to a show actually? Yeah, it was the uh the Resistance Gallery in Bethlehem. Green. That was it. Yeah, Resgal. Yeah, it was outside there and. uh yeah, fucking, I think it was, yeah, I don't know. The promoter who fucking ran that show, now runs Eve, I think he's still ranting on about the fireworks spot. So he's probably posted it again this week because he's got a hard on for Ibushi, which is fine. I like Ibushi. He was in the Cruiserweight Classic as well, if I remember rightly. Um, yeah, burning ham- got hit by a burning hammer by Brian Kendrick. As he should. Working <laughs> with Brian Kendrick in a couple of months. Looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know, right? Like, literally, three straight yeah, months. Fucking kids, there, isn't he? And be if you interrupt me again, I'm gonna fucking kick you in the face for the love of Christ. Like, you Sorry. are a interruption program tonight. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, cunt. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> fucking irritated. Um, literally, every time I try and speak, he's in there, man. Shut up, you little shit. Otherwise, I will literally ring the police and tell them you're a nonce. Um, <laughs> so yeah, anyway, um, you have no proof. Yeah, you want fucking heat? There's some heat. Put that on your fucking keyboard, warriors, you cunts. <laughs> um, fucking fannies. Oh, I go on Facebook, but only my private Facebook can take cheap shots because I'm really fucking hard. She's going to lose my job. Fucking melts the lot. Of um, <clears throat> yeah, so basically, um, I don't care. I don't give a shit, if I'm being honest. Moving on, because uh, AEW does actually have... A full gear pay-per-view this weekend. I can't fucking wait. So, there's a few things floating around here. Uh, Tony Khan says that one of the world's best wrestlers will sign an AEW contract at full gear. Tanvir, who is he signing? I really couldn't give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) It's Taz! I really couldn't give a fuck, because it's another fucking signing, man. It's Tony Nese, isn't it? (laughs) He's already fucking signed. Uh, you wouldn't think so, would you, if you watched the product? Because um, nobody's fucking seen him. Um, Roger says, who do, you, who do you think Tony Khan has somehow managed to procure this time? That's probably Will Ospreay, isn't it? Do you think it's Will Ospreay? Yeah, I think so. That's a good, that's a really good shout, actually. Yep. Yeah. All right. Will Ospreay debuts this weekend. You heard it first. Uh, <laughs> Roger says he's going to have even more fucking dicks swinging around, if that's correct. Uh, <laughs> as sad as it is to say, I think Will Ospreay is a better fit for AW than he yeah. is. 
No, it's um, I don't, you know, like obviously I'm happy for Will because he'll get loads of money and he'll get to wrestle loads of his friends. Aussie Open will be there as well, so he can reunite United Empire, which would be quite cool. Uh, but yeah, I'm okay, cool. Uh, but yeah, he is definitely one of the probably the most exciting free agent in the world at the moment for my money. Um, He's still with New Japan though until Feb, I think. Really, mm-hmm. I think so. In okay. that case, in that case, maybe he won't sign. I don't know. Um, I mean, it says world's greatest wrestler or one of the world's greatest wrestlers, but that could be absolute hyperbole. One of the world's best wrestlers, Zack Saber Junior. He's still with New Japan because he's got the TV title. Fuck it, I'm going to say... Josh Alexander, fuck it. <laughs> it would be very easy to get him out of his contract, to be fair, with the amount of money they have. If he could just throw a shitload of millions at Scott DeMarie, you go have some money and run a good TV show and we'll have Josh Alexander. Really um, that would be North. pretty awesome. Also, Ethan Page would be relevant again, which would be nice. Because yeah. <clears throat> of the North, isn't it? So, we shall see. Oh, well. Um, I don't know. Let us know in the comments below who you think is the surprise wrestler. Uh, so... Uh, before we uh, mention, um, actually, do you know what? I'll save that for later because I cannot wait to uh, absolutely annihilate him. So the other thing going into this uh, pay-per-view is the AEW Devil. Has anyone seen the mysterious devil running around? Sir. What? Uh, just to backtrack on the world's greatest wrestler thingy with Tony Khan, there is a, the women's side. It could be Mercedes Monet. That's That would be a really good pickup, to be fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be an amazing pickup because she's got a lot of star power, and also she is delightful to look at. Um, <clears throat> I just yeah, want to so. throw that in because it's like, is that am I te- am I lying? Like, you know, people are gonna be like, oh, he's so sexist, he's objectifying women. No, I think it's okay to say someone's attractive. When did it become, by the way, offensive to say people are attractive? Do you remember? Do you remember there used to be a time when, like, if, for instance, right, I went on a date the other night, shot horror, I know, and the girl said to me, "You're really, really attractive." So Aww. if I turn around and say, "I also find you to be very attractive." Oh, you are Satan, you fascist. Die and burn in the woke society of hell. Shut up, man. They what happened to be in the, you know what? We want people to be kinder. We be kind and be and also be honest and tell someone when they're beautiful. And then it's like, oh yeah. It's not like I said, what Mercedes Monet banging set of tits, mate. Oh fucking nice ass. I literally just said she was fit. But somebody will be like, How oh, dare you say a woman is attractive? You piece of shit. You son of a bitch. Like, okay, cool, whatever, man. Fuck off. Honestly, no wonder men won't fucking, you know, fucking uh, pursue women. Not at least like Roger Sears, but Roger Sears doesn't have to because women pursue Roger Sears, ladies and gentlemen. They One, just look at that cock. And his... oh. They literally, like, accidentally stand on his cock while they're chasing him in 100 meters. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he's, he's the man. He's the fucking man. Oh, dear. You know why your car broke down? Because it, quite frankly, couldn't handle the size of your sausage. That's why your car broke down. Its massive weight was bearing yeah, it fuck down. that car for not being able to handle the weight of your mammoth penis. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a um, masked devil running around. And a lot of people are suggesting it's actually CM Punk. And the whole thing has been a massive storyline. Uh, Rod Sears, would you like to see CM Punk back in AEW? Or would you like to see him debut at Survivor Series as the fifth mystery member of Cody Rhodes' team? Uh, I think it would be more entertaining if he went to WWE. Um, he's suited to WWE. To yeah, I, but I've got to be honest, at this point, nothing really surprises me. You know, if it turned out he is this 
Devil and AEW and it's all going to work, I'm not exactly going to be going, yeah, I'm massively shocked. I just, I think they're at a point now where they'll try anything totally extreme to try and shock people and get ratings and stuff. And yeah, it just nothing really seems to surprise me in wrestling now, which is a little bit of a shame, to be honest, but. Yeah, the organic nature and the unpredictability of wrestling does seem to have died. And I think the internet, as I've said for years now, the internet really did signal the death knell for the organic excitement of wrestling for me because dirt sheets became more important. <clears throat> like a big old Tanvir Meltzer over here. Um, Tanvir Verdi, who is uh, in the Devil's Mask? Because a lot of people, the original suggestion was that it was Jungle Jack Perry. I I reckon it's Jack Perry. I was I was hope I'm hoping that it, that they that it might be Pac. I'm hoping it might be Pac. Is he even still alive at this point? <laughs> He's a Geordie bastard. Talk about. It's, I'm sorry. If he was like, dead, you would be the first to know. I would I would love to do a podcast based solely on how they dropped the ball with Pac because he should have been their champion by now. Um, useless. Like he's by far and away better than the overwhelming majority of their roster. He's better than. And do you know what? I'll say this. Like, and this might upset people. I think he's better than any champion they've had other than MJF. I think he's better than Moxley. I think he's better than Jericho. He's definitely better than Kenny Omega, but that's not saying a great deal. Um, you know, he's he's better than Hangman Page. Jesus Lord Almighty. <clears throat> Talk about a whingy little slag. I just I I don't care about predominantly most of their roster. They don't feel like stars. Pack had the promo, the look, and the wrestling ability of a star, and they were like, "Yeah, but he's British, so we won't push him as much." Okay, okay, whatever you say, whatever. Right, AW Full Gear. Roger says, "I bet you're absolutely stoked for AW Full Gear, right?" <clears throat> I ain't got a clue. <laughs> Fucking Roger is in a really yeah. bad mood today, as you can tell. He's had a rough one, bless him. Um, his, his car broke down uh, and he's officially oh. completely dead. What's happened to it? Uh, starter motor's gone. And although it's not like totally dead, the point is obviously we only need it until March. And the MOT is due on the 9th of December and I know it needs other work and it's like I'm not prepared to pump like 500 odd quid in to get it through for just a few months. So, yeah, it, that's pretty much the end of it for me. You know, just like use your cock like the grapple gun on Fortnite and just lasso yeah. yourself around. I mean, maybe. <laughs> no, just that's, that's you just become I... like Sp you just become Spider Man and then flip. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Anaconda Man. Um... What? I just realized. So, full gear right now is nine matches. Yes. We've still got Dynamite tonight, Rampage on Friday, and Collision. This is going to be like a fucking 15 I, match. I like card. how you, I I like how you felt myself. that. Was nice. Look, Tambir, like, I swear to God. <laughs> Why do I need to know that? Like, it's like, oh, mind if I just depress you some more while also interrupting you? Come on, bro. Uh, right, AW. I'm sorry. <laughs> Shut the fuck up! I swear to God, AW Full Gear, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, where's that Cameron Anderson when you need him? Right, AW Full Gear. We'll start with a <laughs> pre-show match. Ring of Honor. Again, he's interrupting me. Come oh, on, mate. AW Full Gear starts with <laughs> a pre-show match involving the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships. MJF and a mystery partner will face Austin and Colton, the Guns, for the tag titles. Roger Sears. Who's going to be the partner? Do you think Adam Cole's coming back? Maybe. You love your AEW, don't you? You can see. I've been following it, so I'm really not up to date with how they've been booking things. So, 
Yeah, I'm going to be pretty useless on this, to be fair. The storyline on AEW in general right now seems to be MJF is the only good wrestler we have, so everyone else is attacking him. Legit. (laughs) That seems to be the thing that they seem to be doing on TV. I've noticed that like seven or eight different guys are challenging him for the title or beating him up every week. It's ridiculous. Like it's it's actually out of hand now. It's almost like they've recognized shit. MJF is our only draw. Put him in every segment, um, <laughs> which is you know just ludicrous. Tanvir, do we have new Ring of Honor tag team champions this weekend? Yeah, put it on the guns because it's a it's an all in situation again. Where it's like we're going to see MJF in the opening and we're going to see him in the main event. It's like get the ROH titles off off them ASAP. To then. Just, just one match because if I'm going to see MJF twice in one night, it's like he kind of loses the draw. I'm like, well, I've already seen him the once. Well, you're going to get sport at this show because there are two women's matches. Uh, the first Yay! one, Hikaru Shida, the AEW Women's World Champion. Yes, she's champion again. Uh, will defend against timeless Tony Storm. Oh my lord! Who for some reason has a fat amoeba as her manager at ringside? I have no idea why that is, but Doctor Luther is apparently going to be at ringside with Tony Storm. I have no idea why that is the case, nor do I want to fucking know. Oh, he's nor do I want him on my TV screen. Fuck that guy. Tambir, new champion. <laughs> I. I... I'm gonna say Shida to retain because I think I think let let Shida cook a bit, bit but racist. but Tony Storm's been been great. What Tony Storm has been magnificent. I mean, I don't know. Have you seen any of Tony Storm's work, uh, Roger Sears? Uh, not a lot of it, no. Well, when you need to buffer that massive penis of yours, just type in "timeless Tony Storm" on YouTube and thank <laughs> you. Basically, gone for like a full like broken Marilyn Monroe gimmick. She's like dressed nice. like everything like. Is- so good. It's, it's it's also very very good to be fair. It's not just her looking hot. Like this is a great promo. She's just completely unhinged. as like this Hollywood starlet that's having a meltdown. It's really well done, actually. Um, probably the best character, it's... arguably in AEW right now. What do you want? Other than Christian. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> dead, dead father. <laughs> Pardon. If you're going to interrupt me, at least make I it said, make sense. You said we best character. Then... Okay, I said got... other than Christian. Oh, best... okay. Yeah, no, Christian is very good, to be fair. Also, Tanvi's internet, for some reason, is playing up. I have no idea why, but we're getting a, a lot of stuttering and feedback from him. Now, speaking of terrible things, uh, so Sting, Darby Allen, and Adam Copeland does, with Ric Flair at ringside. Fucking hell. I... <laughs> The budget for this match alone. Now, you would think if you had Edge, Sting, and Darby Allen with Ric Flair at ringside, you'd have the best opponents for him. Am I right? Am I right, boys? Am I right? Absolutely. Well, we have one in Christian Cage, and then we have Dino Douche, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne Kerr, who I, I don't fucking care. He looks like someone's twink. He looks like Luchasaurus. I was going to say Twink, Twink Wayne, Twink Wayne. Like it just fucking what? Like it, the kid might be very talented, but he looks so bland. So maybe have this is where you need a proper developmental with proper trainers. What you've got, Dean Malenko and all these different people on your payroll. You can't pay them to train people properly and make them look like stars. Fuck me. Uh, so yeah, Nick, pre- 
pretty obvious who's going over here. Right? <laughs> Next. Yeah. Nick Wayne looks if looks like if I gave Cameron Anderson a bacon slicer. It's a bit harsh. He's saying Cameron Anderson's fat. <laughs> no, nah, not fat. Cam's more like Cam looks like you'd eat Nick Wayne. Has Tam Beer like decided to use Alex Lanzo's internet this weekend or something? He's normally like really solid, but he's just completely collapsed this week. Uh, <clears throat> he's just no like eh, 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 eh. turn all your Wi-Fi off and everything else, you shithead. Anyway, uh, so yeah, what do you think, Roger? Do you fancy Christian what? Cage and the team of retards to uh, overthrow uh, Edge and the gang? Or no? Oh, okay, no, cool. I'm fairly certain this is going to be Edge, Sting, and Darby Allen winning this. How much coke do you think Ric Flair is going to do in the build-up to this match? Jesus Christ. <laughs> He's going to be fucking off his tits at ringside, I reckon. Because like, AEW, right? AEW has become very much like TNA circa 2012 or WCW circa 2000, where they just grab anyone and let them do all the drugs all the time. Do you remember Ultimate Warrior's rerun in WCW? That's, that's what I'm expecting <laughs> from Ric Flair. I'm expecting him to throw the world's worst fireball. You know, I'm, I'm amazed they haven't brought Hulk Hogan in yet. I'm absolutely amazed. He must have like a permanent Legends contract with WWE yeah, or something. Otherwise, they would have thrown all the money in. I can honestly see them having a revolution, Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan. Oh, right. my God. Ric Flair versus Steamboat. I, to be fair, Steamboat's in better condition than half their current roster. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I mean, it's just if anyone's seen him, by the way, he's in incredible condition. There's a man who cared about his body and looked after himself, which is, you know, more than I can say. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, like I just, oh, I just don't fucking care. I should care about that match. I don't. It's just an absolute clusterfuck. So the AEW International Championship is on the line. Orange Cassidy defends against John Moxley. This is I, not a pay-per-view. This, I, is, this is a fuck-per-view. It's fucking useless. What is this? Orange Cassidy dropping the belt to John Moxley, do we think? I couldn't give a fuck about this because ever since its inception, Pac's been the only one to make this belt international. You had a UK show and you didn't even have the fucking title defended. That says a lot, doesn't it? But Tony Khan's the best booker in the world because Tony Khan creates a safe working environment and that's what's important to me because wrestling is about being all-inclusive. It doesn't matter if I'm grossly overweight and the drizzling shits. I deserve to be a wrestler too. I deserve to be good at wrestling even if I don't put in the work. You know why you're laughing, Rog? Because it's true. <laughs> That's why. Because you know full yeah. well that it takes yeah. a lot of work. We all do. We know how yeah. much work it takes to work in this business. So when you bring your fat, lazy carcass to a show and go, I want to be a referee. I want to be an MC. I want to be this. Well, then do the fucking work and work hard like the rest of us. No one's saying that you can't be a great referee or a great fucking MC or a great wrestler or whatever and not have the body for it because, you know what, there's a lot of guys who have proved that very wrong. John Tenter, by the way, one of the best workers of all time. Quite a portly gentleman, I'd say, but fucking amazing. Rikishi Fartu, one of the biggest fucking gas tanks in the business, despite being the size of a gas tank. You know, like it didn't matter. But bam, these bam, people Bigelow. still worked really. Bam Bam Bigelow, one of the all-time greatest super heavyweights in professional wrestling history. Big Van Vader, Stan Hansen. None of these guys were fucking shredded, but they worked 
week in, week out of their craft, and they took their business seriously. So when somebody's like, oh, I, I deserve to be in wrestling because I identify as a dolphin, I don't give a flying fuck. I want you to put in the work. I don't give a shit if you're a mammal, if you're a fucking bacteria. I don't care if you're a fucking 1972 Rolling Stones record that classifies itself as an LP that shoves its penis up the backside of a fucking rhino. I could care less what you fucking are. I don't care. I don't discriminate. All I expect of you is to work as hard as everyone else in the fucking room. That's all I expect of you, and I will always show you the respect and give you an opportunity. But if you just want to turn up and go, I'm gay, so therefore I deserve to be a wrestler. No, you fucking don't. And also, nobody cares if you're gay, because ultimately, equality means I could give a shit what your sexuality is. I don't care. That is of no interest or perception to me whatsoever. Talent is what is important to me. It's like representation. I'm very proud that I'm an Arab in professional wrestling, but that means jack shit if I'm not any good at what I do. Which it turns out I am. So keep crying, keyboard warriors. The bottom line is inclusiveness. This, this is what AEW has kind of said. Everyone deserves to be a wrestler. <clears throat> Even fuck Nugget over here who's wrestled three times for, I don't know, full impact North jabroni wrestling number five promotion in Massachusetts. Like nobody gives a fuck. They, this thing of like, oh, they are, they're a star to their 20 fans. Therefore, they'll be a star on our TV. Yeah, that's why you have a roster of 2,000 people and two of them are over. Ludicrous. Absolutely ludicrous. By the way, ratings. Our ratings don't matter. Until, of course, they do when you have high ratings and everyone else, right? Fucking mental gymnastics. Your company is a joke! <laughs> Absolute joke! Gee, Jesus Christ almighty. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. John Moxley to win the belt because I don't care. Roger Sears got a prediction. Um, before we get to a prediction, what the fuck is Orange Cassidy doing with the title? Uh, didn't he win it off? Is is he still? Is this still the reign when he won it off a pack? No. So what? What it was is he had the longest reign, then lost it to Moxley. Then Moxley got injured on Dynamite against Fenix, so Fenix won it, and then he dropped it to Fenix because Tony Khan's a fucking idiot and does not let Fenix cook. Cool. Um, okay. Yeah, Moxley to win. Moxley to win, yeah. <laughs> Moving on, because fuck this. <laughs> Uh, Hangman Adam Page versus Swerve Strickland. Oh, a wrestling match. Oh, wait, no. It's a Texas death match because we can't just have a normal match. Uh, Prince Nana will be at ringside. Has anyone seen the home invasion video of Swerve Strickland and Prince Nana it's so invading good. Hangman Adam Page's home at night <clears throat> and throwing a Swerve Strickland t-shirt, I believe it was, on their his, his child in a cot. Oh dear. Because <clears throat> nothing says heat what by giving someone else your merch. Like, that's, that's, <laughs> what? Like, like, we could have done it. We could have smashed the place up. We could have, you know, fucking, I don't know, t you know, threatened his wife or whatever. And instead, we're like, let's break into his house and then stand over his child, his infant child. <clears throat> Anyone see a problem with this? Any? Anyone? <laughs> and then throw our merch at it. Now then, uh, <clears throat> what the fuck are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? Who greenlit this? Who, who greenlit? Did you know what fucks me off, right? So you know, full disclosure. Uh, I need to move out in two weeks. Uh, most people who know me know my situation. Whatever. 
I sit here and I think, you know, I'm struggling to make ends meet, but I'm working hard and I'm staying positive about it. So I'm not that bothered. And I don't want anyone's sympathy. But then you see this stuff being recorded. And I can you imagine how much money Tony Khan probably threw at this? Enough money probably to for me to rent a beautiful place for a year. That's the really sad thing about it. And you sit there and you think, huh. So you're willing to give this shit a green light, but you, it's people don't want to give someone like myself who works harder than anyone else in the room an opportunity? Okay, cool. That's fine. I'll just keep working hard. And eventually when I'm doing fucking incredible things, then I'll be ringing up Tony Khan and going, you're a cunt. Because um, this, this is cunty behavior. The fucking state. This is why nobody's watching your product. You know why? Because it's the drizzling fucking shits. And people say to me, yeah, I bet you'd still take his money. Absolutely, I would. And I'd still come on here every week and tell him how shit his product is, even if I was on his payroll. You can bank that, you fucking cunts. How about that? <clears throat> so, yeah. Uh, Texas Deathmatch. Who you got? Hangman, Adam Page, or Swerve Strickland? I've got Swerve just because I actually really like Swerve and he's amazing. I love, I love Swerve. I, w- I want, there needs to be a deep dive on how WWE dropped the ball with Swerve. It, I mean, did they though? Because it's not I mean, like AEW have picked up the ball and ran with it, is it? No, nah, they haven't. You know? Oh, you're black. Go with Keith Lee. <laughs> okay. Where's Keith Lee, by the way? Is he still alive? He just had the match with Samoa Joe and then Samoa Joe flipping. Um relinquished the ROH TV title. <laughs> when you say relinquished, what, he just vacated it? Yeah, because he's like, well, I can't really go after the AEW World title while I've still got this. Why like, not? Wait, what? <laughs> See what I mean? Like, who makes it? Who writes these storylines? They're terrible. They're actually horrible. They didn't make no sense. There's no, there's no care. Do you know what? Moving on. Fuck this man. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I swear, straight and bat as Adam Page. Just saying. Oh, good. The Golden Jets. Who in their right mind figure? Why don't you just call yourselves Golden Shower and be done with it? Like it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho versus the Young Bucks. Talk about. I need to wank myself off in front of the mirror seven times a day special because that's what this match is. Uh, apparently, if the Golden Jets win, they will get the Young Bucks AEW World Tag Team Championship opportunity. Yes, they're number one contenders. This, this makes no or sense. if the Young Bucks win, the Golden Jets must disband as a team. <clears throat> so there's Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho, who, by the way, from what I can tell, have only been a team for a small amount of time anyway, haven't they? Like two matches. They've had two matches and already they're putting up a... So the, so the big... Oh my God, I'm going to actually fucking have an aneurysm. So the big storyline here is that if Jericho and Omega lose, they must disband, right? So you would think, oh, they must have been together like two or three years. No, two matches. Two, two matches. Tony Khan, you massive cunt. You literal, useless, cock-waffling shithead. How can you honestly think, oh, this is a hook. This is a story. You know why? Because Chris Jericho's taken his flapjack-eating, great-flapping Canadian Republican anus into his room and gone, oh, Tony, oh, I've got a great idea for you, eh, buddy? Oh, uh, how about we do this, a uh, boot and uh, or this angle? And, uh, you know, oh, do you mind if I just fucking regularly masturbate myself ferociously on TV and not give a shit about your product. <laughs> that's what Chris Jericho has become. While Kenny Omega does his stupid little sex it's... operator voice promo shit where he's like, oh, I'm Kenny Omega and uh, I'm ready for wrestling. Shut the fuck up. 
Seriously, like th- this business used to be full of fucking men. <clears throat> this um, business used to be full of proper workers. Shitballs. Now it's full of fucking sweaty sex offender looking fucks. <laughs> I, um, I'm blown away by this. So I literally was like, I was like, really? Two matches? Oh, come on. Fuck off. I don't care about this match. Who's winning it? I don't care. I. The golden, who's going to win? The golden shower or the young fucks? What do we got? Can, can, I, can I reiterate a point that you said, Nick? We're not criticizing the in ring. We have never criticized the in ring. The match will be great because they, all these guys know how to work. That's never been the issue. Yes. The issue here is booking and ego, which is literally the worst in the history of wrestling. This is as bad as 2001 WCW. This is how bad it is. It's It's terrible. Fucking show me the proof that it's not. And whenever you do, they just go online and like, oh, you just like Jim Cornette. Oh, you're a WWE troll. I don't even watch WWE, bruv. I don't have time. I just look at this and I think, this is the drizzling shits. And I thought, okay, you know, people say to me, well, you got to watch it. So I thought, okay. So I watched Dynamite a few weeks. I watched the Dynamite with the home invasion, right? Fucking dreadful. The whole show was terrible. It was a bad, bad wrestling show. It wasn't even a wrestling. It was just bad TV. It was horrible. It was like watching WCW Thunder. It was just embarrassing. Really embarrassing. A real state. And there are some good things still poking around, like Mojo and MJF, but they're being drowned in the mediocrity of everybody else. It's really sad. I just want someone to please name me someone Chris Jericho has put over because he says he's put over people. I'm like, no, and any of the fuse that you have, nobody has come out of the other end better. No one. It's a, it's abysmal. It's dreadful. And Adam Copeland can't put anyone over because he's been dragged into the vortex that is Sting's retirement party. Like, so it's not like, and I'm sure Adam Copeland would love to put some people over right now. I love how his debut was wasted on Dino Douche, by the way. <laughs> That's, uh, uh, CM Punk's coming back to uh, WWE. Who should we put him in the ring with first? Uh, Tony D'Angelo. Wait, what? That's <laughs> <laughs> no, almost, mate. Oh, yeah. fucking kill me! <clears throat> oh dear, oh dear. At least he looks like a fucking star. Um, yeah, I, I don't care. Yeah, I probably the young bucks to it. The thing is, right? Normally, I'd say, ah, oh, put it on the EVPs. But Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho are as close to EVPs as anyone else as well. So this is literally just the. This is literally Tony Khan's fucking sex toy match, isn't it? He's just going to be ferociously whacking off while doing his usual lines of coke, and then not answering any questions because he's a fucking. Rep- Republican politician wankstain. I, I don't fucking care. You know what? I'd have, do you know what people are saying? You're really fucking disrespectful. Do you know what's disrespectful? Destroying our business from the inside out with terrible fucking products, terrible booking, using terrible fucking anti-professional fucks like Rick Knox, who can't even recognize when somebody's literally out cold and almost got a broken neck in the middle of the ring while using people who wrestle in jeans because apparently it's really funny and he's really over in front of the 50 people that give a shit. Yeah. You know, that's you don't take this fucking seriously. No one said you couldn't have fun. No one said you couldn't have comedy wrestling either because comedy wrestling is great. Our truth is a fine example of that. Magnificent. There's some very funny wrestlers doing very funny things. Danhausen is hilarious, should be used more on your TV. Um, but put them in the correct place. You know? 
This is this is like playing Connect Four and deliberately not matching anything. It's fucking pointless. Pisses me off. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least Roger Sears is smiling, so it's cheering him up. If nothing, my anger cheers people up. All right, uh, this match I definitely will watch because all three people involved are extremely fucking fit. Uh, Chris Statlander will defend the AWTBS Championship against Julia Hart and Sky Blue. God damn. Um, also, Sky Blue, from what I can tell, has gone extremely gothic and dark. Is that correct? So, what's happened here is so it was after the Julia Hart Sky Blue match, like they did like the mist thing, and so like Sky Blue's like Julia spit the mist, and they're kind of doing this thing because it's House of Black, it's spooky. So, it's like, is she is she gonna turn? Is she gonna do this? It's is this one of the only interesting things going on, but that's because it's the House of Black. Roger Sears is trying to drink himself into oblivion. That's how bad it is. You got you got a few you got a few spares, buddy. <laughs> He's got to fuel the cock somehow. Supposed to do a yeah. seminar on Monday for the love of Christ. Um, Professor uh, Edward Nix. <clears throat> yeah, right. Fucking class is now in session. First lesson that you will learn here at our seminar is do not watch AW under any circumstances. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ, you uh, you know what? I would rather be poor. Than take someone's money because they like AW. <laughs> I um, I just uh, oh man, fucking hell. I uh, I yeah. I actually, to be fair, I think this match will be excellent. All three women are excellent workers. They can um, they're all got very intriguing characters. By the way, Chris Statlander's cosplay of somebody recent. I think it's like Wolverine or something. I was like, holy shit balls. The dedication that woman has to the craft is why she's actually a champion. And like she again, this is a woman who looks like a star. You know, big, powerful sex appeal, everything you want. In a, don't act like sex appeal doesn't sell tickets, by the way. People want to act like, oh, yeah, it fucking does. Of course, it fucking does. Like, it's like, don't be That's why Roger Sears is champion, baby. Like, come on. And the bottom line is, people pay to see attractive people. That's why they pay to see Roger Sears and not Sean Riley. Because if I want to pay to see a hobgoblin, I'll go down the local fucking Charlie and the Chocolate Factory remake in the. Oompa loompa doobity doo. <laughs> Sean Riley's got a little secret for you. <laughs> Oompa loompa doobity dum. I'd like to be in the back of Sean's mum. <laughs> anyway, um, she's beautiful. Right? She's a lovely lady. I apologise deeply for watching this. <laughs> Um, she will never watch this podcast, and thank God. Uh, Sean Riley will, though. How's your mum? Anyway, um, <clears throat> moving on, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um, what what were we doing? AW. That's right. We were talking about <laughs> terrible. Uh, yeah, Chris Atlander probably to retain because Julia Hart and Sky Blue will have a load of shenanigans. Um, that's that's what I'm going for. Tambi, you got anything to add? I think Julia Hart's going to win. To be honest, all three women are amazing. Um, Do you know what? Right, I hate to come across as a perv, but Sky Blue... um, Kyle Fletcher. (laughs) (laughs) Round of applause for our boy Kyle Fletcher. Round of applause. (laughs) Like, oh, you motherfucker. (laughs) Man, he must have a knob the size of the Sahara, honestly. Uh, um, To be fair, he's actually a very good-looking boy, and he's a big, strong boy as well. So good for you on pulling Sky Blue, you absolute shithead. Um, Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, the only man with a bigger knob than you, obviously, Rod Uh Yeah, I 
I don't have anything else to add. Three beautiful women who are all very talented at what they do. I hope you have a great match and steal the show and prove to Tony once again why he is a useless cockwaffle who doesn't appreciate good women's wrestling. Uh, a fatal four-way tag team match for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. Are you ready for this one, Rog? I bet you are. Oh, I could see, I could see your face. I bet you can't wait. So... <clears throat> Your tag team champions. No, not Proud and Powerful. No, not the Young Bucks. No, not FTR. It's Ricky Starks and Big Bill. <laughs> I hate this company so much. Um, Ricky, and I like Ricky Starks, but I think he's a mega star. <clears throat> Although he certainly needs to learn how to do a pole driver properly. Uh, Ricky Starks and Big Bill <clears throat> will face La Faction Ingobernable, which is Rouge and Drillistico. Yeah, I bet they're drawing. Oh, they've got Jose the assistant as their manager because nothing says star power like Jose the assistant. Uh, they'll also be facing FTR. You remember those guys? The really, really good, like the best tag team. Remember when they were the best tag team in the world? Anyone remember that? Anyone? Never mind. Uh, and also the Kings of the Black Throne, bit racist, Manakai Black and Brody King. Um, why is that not like Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee? That sounds like a really cool name for them. Uh, are we are we not allowed to acknowledge black culture anymore because you know all the so I don't classify as black I classify as a oh, I don't fucking know I'm not even going to get into that before I get in trouble uh, I, just, I just oh fucking hell like what happened to just having a good tag team match for the tag titles what happened to just like oh simple stuff can be really effective you know like anyone seen Reese and Rogan on the British scene amazing tag team right simple and effective recent rogan come in you put them against a really athletic high-flying team they fucking smash them up give them good hope spots great match everyone's fucking invested heels win the tag titles big chasers congratulations by the way recent rogan absolutely smashing it two of my boys um you know and when i see them doing what they do i think it's insulting to think that mm. aw want to do this kind of stuff instead like yeah, we it's it you know what's really funny? It's it's all inclusive. We give opportunities to everybody. And yet, you know, Zach Knight still not signed. Uh Sky Smithson, Tate Mayfairs, you know, all of these people are better than anything on your roster. I said it. All of these people should be in AEW. All of these people should be on TV every single week. You know, there's nothing wrong with progress and all that lot. And, you know, they're great places to work and rent pro and stuff like that. They're the best, you know, companies we have. But the fact that none of these people have been picked up for TV is ludicrous to me. And yet we get all these fuck nuggets running around. <clears throat> Who Tony, the fuck is released to code? <laughs> Tony Khan literally had a dream match at his feet the moment Zach Gibson put that promo on Twitter. Of like, oh yeah, do FTR, the grizzled young veteran, straight away. And he did fuck all because Big Bill and Starks are the champs. Kill yep. me now, man. Yeah, FTR Grizzled Young Veterans screams dream match like big fucking draw. Like the promos between Dax and Gibson would just sell the match itself. It's like the greatest team in America versus the greatest team in Britain, isn't it? Like yeah. <clears throat> easy money, easy money left on the table. You know why? Because there's no one intelligent enough. And the thing is, as well, nobody will go up to Tony and say, "That's fucking stupid. Do this," because they're all terrified for their paycheck. I would. Oh, I would, absolutely. I wouldn't care That's how much you I'd be like, yo, why are you, why are you booking that? Like, oh, because this blah, 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 blah. I'm like, hey, what? what? Shut up, man. Stupid. I... Dean Malenko, what are you doing over there? Stop fucking fingering yourself and come over and fucking <laughs> speak with me, man, because you must know what you're doing. 
Like, you know, fucking Paul White, Mark Henry, Taz. These were, oh, by the way, have you seen what they've done with the collision commentary team? <clears throat> so they've made, they've, t- they've told Kevin Kelly, because apparently they don't like him that much. So they've told Kevin Kelly to be a color commentator. And now Tony Schiavone is the lead commentator. Fuck off. Even though Kevin Kelly is one of the best play-by-plays you, in the history of this sport. The, you had arguably... Oi, JR, keep it down, mate. Because, um, you know, Josh Matthews over here. But I feel like yeah. he's a lot better. At... The, the, what? The... Tony Schiavone, by the way, is the drizzling fucking the... shit. I can out-talk Tony the... Schiavone with my dick in my mouth. Ludicrous. The... I the could fact... fucking... Do you know what? I, I hope you hear this, Tony Schiavone, you fucking whingy little twat. You are shit at commentary. You are shit. The... You are shit at your job. You're... Oh, you sound like a prepubescent child. Grow up. You know, I'm sure you have some nod, but do you know what's really funny? Even Bobby Heenan thought you were the drizzling fucking shits, and he's the greatest heel playable player of all time. So you can suck my dick. That man's color commentary was astonishing, by the way. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, if you put me in a room with Tony Schiavone and Kevin Kelly, and Tony Schiavone started, adults are speaking, me and Kevin are talking, shut up. Go back to serving coffee, you gimp. highlight of collision... The highlight of collision would be Nigel McGuinness and Kevin Kelly on commentary because they had such great chemistry. Bounce off one another and you'd have have your face commentary and also play-by-play in Kevin Kelly. But also you have Nigel McGuinness there to help out, give play-by-play, give experience too. It was amazing. You're going to add Tony Schiavone to that. Fuck the three-man booths. We don't need three-man booths. They don't work. I've actually gone on record to say I, I do a lot of commentary for the British scene, as everyone knows. I will not work a three man booth. I won't. Flatly reviews and people are like, oh, that's really arrogant. I don't give a fuck. I don't mind. I, you know, I'll, I don't mind if it's two personas. Like, mm-hmm. so you've got a heel and a, you know, a face wrestler. Because I actually did that at Spinebuster. I kind of, I'm a bit, you know, it's a bit contradictory, but that was technically a three-person booth, but it was Rain Leverkusen, one of the best women's wrestlers in Britain, and then Brad Matthews, one of the best male heels in British wrestling. And the whole point was that I did the majority of the speaking, and they would add cadence to the face or the heel side without interrupting me like a grown child, a.k.a. Tony Schiavone. Shut the fuck up. I swear to God, I will decapitate you myself. Useless. Nigel McGuinness should just literally be like, every time you speak, I'll lower at you. Shut up. Because Nigel McGuinness is king in my house. Like, Kelly, Nigel McGuinness. Perfect. Oh, we've brought in this amazing commentary team. Ian Riccoboni, man. Where the fuck's he at? I don't know about Riccoboni, but Riccoboni is great. The the whole thing that made the Wrestle Dream commentary perfect was that you had Kevin... I think you had... It was Nigel... It was during the Brian Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr. match. You had Nigel McGuinness and John Moxley just bouncing off one another because they were just so passionate. It's like just Moxley pretty much ripped off all of McGuinness's work, fucking from what I can tell. But but Mox was Mox was just great on you know you're good at your job or Mox or you're good at commentary when Ian Riccoboni straight up said, I am jealous of John Moxley because he's so fucking natural and so fucking good on commentary. Yeah. Rod Sears, you were very quiet, mate. You um, you got any... uh, Right, who's winning the tag titles? Uh, A a big Bill and Ricky? (laughs) No. I'm going to... I'm going to go with, um, for a laugh, Los Faction, Ingo Bernardo. (laughs) I'm going Kings of the Black Throne. Kings of the Black Throne just sounds like the world's most, like, devastating (laughs) pornography. (laughs) 
Like, that is the kind of thing where it's like, yo, the basketball was dropped and shit went down. Um, <laughs> like, like, you know those like memes where there's like the one little white girl on the sofa surrounded by humongous black men? That's what kings are the black I forgot fans. to say her fucking name. <laughs> God, you, how do you know that person's name? What's her name? Go on. She is a porn star called Piper Perry. <laughs> yes! Talk amongst yourselves. Piper Perry. Let's have a look. Piper Perry. Yeah. 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 Fucking size of that fucking cock. Gee, he can rob tears and run for his money. Christ almighty, bro. Well, I can't show you because of YouTube standards, but uh, if everyone types in Piper Perry, um, <laughs> she's tiny, isn't she? Blimey. Um, Piper Perry, give me a shot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> good shit. Good shit. A little bit of Arab on small white lady action. <laughs> Never gonna. By the way, can we have more Muslim porn, please? I feel like we're, you know, right? I just. What no. do you mean by that? <laughs> As in, I want to see a letterbox getting railed. That's what I want to see. <laughs> there, you there you go. There you go. Yeah. Do you know what? He's racist. Do you know what? Don't care because I am a fucking Arab and I come from a Muslim family. Suck my dick. Honestly. <laughs> Suck my dick. It's an 18 plus fucking gimmick podcast. If you don't get it at this point, please go and die in a hole somewhere. Um. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, the main event will be MJF versus Jay White because that screams money. <laughs> Jay White is money. That's what I'll say. Jay White's great, but it's that thing of is does anyone care because the ratings are at an all-time low. Mm. Like for me, I, I like Jay. I, me personally, I feel like um, Juice Robinson should get the title shot. Mm-hmm. I think he's more over than Jay White. Juice, Juice is Juice is pretty fucking great. Juice is fucking amazing. He's arguably the biggest uh, heel character other than Christian Cage. I think he's fucking he's amazing. Like, which is great for me because I've always loved Juice. For anyone who knows me, like I love the Juice. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you who's on the juice, Cameron Anderson, mate. Uh, fucking face of him. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, dear. Old Roy D. McAnderson. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I... Uh... <laughs> yeah. What's that, Johan? The juice? <laughs> the uh, yeah, fucking... I'm sure this match would be great. Uh, the thing is, you'll have to sit for about five and a half hours to get to it. Mm. Uh, <laughs> sound is like yeah. Uh, MJF to retain, I assume. Yeah, probably an MJF retain, and then it will. It's the devil. Ooh. Look in my eyes. <laughs> what do you see? Yeah. Uh, can you imagine if it's like, oh my god, the devil is assaulting him, and then the mask comes off, and it's Jungle Jack Perry going, hi. <laughs> oh, that'll be a bigger fart ending than that fucking exploding death match there. Do you remember that? The mask comes off, and it's Snoop Dogg. Do you remember that? Oh, it's, it's still to this day one of my favorite pieces of shit in wrestling. Like, yeah. it's like it, they built it so well. It's like, oh my God, John Moxley's going to die. And then Kings is like, everyone get the fuck down. It's like, covering him. And then all of a sudden, it's like, <laughs> you had O'Neal was pissed. He was the like, fucking state of that for me was when I realized AW's a fucking joke and it's never recovered for me from that point. I genuinely think when if it goes out of business, which it never will, because Tony Khan will literally bankrupt himself before he lets that happen. But I reckon 
if it ever kind of dies off and in 10 years time we have dark side ring that will be the apex that'll be the turning yeah. point where people will say after that it lost so much credibility i really believe that because they had quite a lot of credibility up to that point like especially with how they handled Brody lee's passing and everything my dick has more credibility um edibility too <laughs> yeah but the problem with that is that once it's eaten it's gone isn't it uh, Perry, give me a shout. Uh, <laughs> you got to savor the flavor. <laughs> savor the flavor, yeah. All right, <laughs> WWE confirms that we're moving on. By the way, because fuck AW. Yeah. <laughs> WWE confirms international venue for Backlash 2024. Good news: Backlash will be held in Lyon de Seine in France on May the fourth of 2024. Roger says, "Are you coming to France with me?" No. i might get i might get the euro star with you sir rob like the euro star's like if we book it in advance 40 50 quid and we'll go to leon spend a couple of look at roger's fucking face such a miserable shit isn't he my car broke down today so i'm not allowed to have any fun for the rest of my life (laughs) come to france with us mate your wife's loaded now don't worry about it (laughs) jojo's making bear bank in it um speaking of bear bank hyperferic (laughs) <laughs> uh, um yeah uh come on rog like what did you really not want to go to france do you hate the french that much you wouldn't go to a wwe pay-per-view in france oh, i'd be tempted i would be tempted to go you could just walk around and go just sweet bcd omelette du fromage je m'appelle roger sears <laughs> i don't know why he's bore at but apparently <laughs> yeah <laughs> I am busy. High five. This has got really out of hand real quick. Which is what Piper Perry said to me. Just with this seal. I, um, yeah. I'm just literally going to be like, just with Napoleon. Just like annoying the fuck out of everyone like a cunt. I'm going to be such a dickhead. Honestly, I'm going to try and buy tickets for that. I don't give a fuck. Why the fuck not, eh? Oh, I'd have fuck not. So if anyone wants to come to France with me, fuck it. Let me know. And uh, yeah, we'll be no my like Rumble will book like the biggest tour of all time right on the same weekend. I'll be like, nope, I'm going to France. <clears throat> well, I want to try some of that sweet baguette. I don't know if they've already got flyers out, but my friend told me about I think it's the Rumble show in Adelston in February. Uh yep. possibly. Oh, is Adelston near you? <laughs> Uh, Adelston, I checked the train ride. It's about like a 15 minute train ride. It's I not recommend fun. an Adelston. I mean, I couldn't recommend a Rumble show enough. They're amazing anyway. They're fantastic. They're great value. They're fun. It's probably the most um, family friendly environment I've ever been in in wrestling. Genuinely, like, love Rumble, obviously. Of course, I'm, people are going to write, of course, going to say that. I was like, man, I wouldn't keep working there if it was shit, would I? Let's be honest. It's amazing. Um, but the Adelston shows are great and they're really, really good fun. Great venue as well. It's like big yeah. kids. So you get a great view wherever you sat. Highly, highly recommend it. I've also realized why Roger Sears doesn't want to go to a pay view in France because he's worried that people will chomp on his dick thinking it's a giant baguette. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's just it's just a massive croissant. Have you seen the episode of Archer where he's trying to draw a snake and then he the guy thinks he's done a loaf of bread, he just holds up that massive baguette. And that's what I imagine. That's just Rob Sears, mate. What, uh, se- what season was that? Uh season four or five, I think. Okay. No, wait, because no, I, I no season off- six, I think. Season six. Okay. Because yeah, yeah, I I kind of dropped off Archer, I think, just before or right after Archer Vice. 
It might be season four, actually. I think it's right before the um the Live and Let Dine episode with Anthony oh, okay. Um It's the one where they try and blow up the pipeline in Turkmenistan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah and he gets a snake bite. <laughs> Obviously, it's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's hanging around in numerous it's been deserts. It's a few years since I watched Archer. Roger Sears' dick is so long that it actually bit somebody in a trailer park in America. <laughs> <laughs> It's just more. So, what do we think? Do we think it's good that uh, France is getting a fake view? Do you think that's good for a bit? I mean, they've done Puerto Rico, they've done the UK, they're doing Australia for Elimination Chamber. I think this is really fucking smart to just go and just throw okay. themselves everywhere. It's cool, yeah. and because of and because it's like post COVID, it's like this is this is this is well. yeah. The Americans still get predominantly the major shows, so they'll get WrestleMania or something like that. But I think it's really cool. Like you know, most importantly as well, backlash like you're going to create such a buzz and you're going to create an indelible brand, a stamp of approval in a different country. I, you know, has France ever had a pay-per-view for instance? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think the, the only one of like the yeah. big main pay-per-views I'd want like elsewhere is I really want Royal Rumble in Wembley. I think I'd prefer Royal Rumble to WrestleMania at Wembley. I, yeah. I really want a Royal yeah. Rumble in like Wembley because us UK fans, we fucking love a rumble. We love a rumble. We so do love when... a, a royal rumble, yeah. Yeah, like a mm. royal rumble in Wembley would just... The problem is the royal family might kick off about it. <laughs> you know, so... But, you know, they killed Entrant Diana. number one, Prince Harry. <laughs> if I disappear next week, you know exactly why. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's all right. Queenie's dead. She can't off me now like she did Diana. Anyway, uh, <laughs> allegedly, of course. Uh, Who would set up the car bomb? <laughs> Who would set the what? A car bomb? The, the car bomb. The car bomb? Oh, okay. Oh, well, oh, I get it. So it has... Why does it have to be a car bomb? What the fuck's that all about, you racist? I mean, it's oh, how Diana went. <laughs> oh, yeah, Renix is an Arab. It's got to be a car bomb, isn't it? You know, it's how Diana went. <laughs> well, Libyan terrorists do that more than Egyptian ones. And second of all, fuck you. Um, anyway. Uh, I think we're going to off you, Dead. Do oh, what? This was becoming a relatively professional conversation for a moment, and we just ruined it by talking about that. Um, royal family ruins everything. But yeah, I, I think it's very... Terrorism very is a profession. <laughs> Yeah, it's a very short-term profession, but it's a profession nonetheless. Um, by the way, um, WWE Bash in Berlin will emanate from the Mercedes-Benz Arena in Berlin, Germany on August the 31st. Come on. Berlin, Germany, Rog. I was like, yeah, I'm down with the Nazi shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, do you know what? France, they're weak. Oh. They surrendered. But Germany, that's strong and powerful. Okay, now. Yeah. Do you, does anyone remember the Top Gear episode where they had to do advertising for the Volkswagen Scirocco? And then they, and then the, I remember this, yes. and they had like all this footage of like German Nazis and like <laughs> tanks, and and then at the end it said um, the Volkswagen Scirocco from Poland to Berlin in one tank. <laughs> 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 you fucking assholes! You assholes, man! Uh, the joys of winning the war, I guess, is that you can take cheap shots as much as you like. <laughs> yeah. That's um, like peak Top Gear. <laughs> yeah, this like yeah, like like I'm sorry, but like uh, what is it now? I forgot what it's called now. Uh, the Grand Tour. Yeah, that's not that's not nearly as good as Top Gear. It's just not. Um, it's got its moments, but not as good. 
they're also getting too old for it now, I think. But that's neither here nor there. But yeah, Berlin, Germany, I think also, you know, Berlin is a fucking awesome city. I've been quite a few times. Genuinely can't recommend it enough. One of the most progressive and fun cities to be in. Uh, loads of amazing bars, great nightlife. Um, people speak beautiful English, probably better than we do, to be fair. Um, I couldn't recommend I Genuinely, I would love to go to Berlin and watch a WWE pay-per-view. Can you get the Eurostar to mm-hmm. Berlin? Uh, no. No, you can't. Oh, okay. So it goes to, it, you can get it to, well, what you do is you get the Eurostar to Paris or Lille, I believe, and then mm-hmm. you get connecting trains. You can go to like Liège, yeah. Belgium, because I went to Brussels. And okay. then got right? and what they do is they, rather cool, they, I don't know if they still do this, but when you got a return ticket on the Eurostar, it would also give you a uh, a ticket to that other country, like whether it be right. Holland or whatever it might be. So it would be including your ticket price. So. Uh, I'll sort it out, but I want to know if the boys are up for it, obviously. Yeah. That uh, might be an expensive weekend. Apparently Roger Sears doesn't want to go to France because he doesn't like yeah. cheap. That might be an expensive weekend. <laughs> Just week sweet camembert! <laughs> yeah. That might be an expensive week for some people because I know you've got all in at Wembley, I think, the weekend before and then right after you've got the Berlin show. Yeah, but the Berlin show actually will have wrestling. Well, I've Gunther on it. it yeah, oh my God, Gunther in Germany! He'll be able to travel then. He'll be able the to travel. Second then. coming. <laughs> I um. Can you imagine? Oh dear, the I'm third be... Reich. Can you imagine? No. Why do you have to go there? For fuck's sake! What I was going to say was like, can you imagine like how uncomfortable people are going to be? Like, ah, oh, a big Austrian guy in Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> He paints people's <laughs> chests like there is going to be scared that you know there's going to be one dickhead who's going to try their luck and get the shit kicked out of them. You know it's going to happen. There's always some fight. It'll be some drunk twat for who's like used to going to Magaluf. Like, hey, fighting dinner. Hey, <laughs> yeah, fighting 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 hey. <laughs> can. Hey. Hey, who want to fight in war? Austria. Uh. <clears throat> You know, it happens. I still remember when Gunter wrestled Speedball Mike Bailey in Brighton at Riptide Wrestling. I went to that and some guy was like, fuck him up, he's a Nazi. And like, literally, or luckily for, I mean, this is one of the few times where the woke fucking crowd did their job properly and just annihilated this silly cunt because I was just like, really? It's not even fucking from Germany, bruv. Not that you have to be from Germany to be a Nazi, by the way. You know. Nazi in Brighton sounds terrifying. (laughs) Um, you know, I don't want to make light of Nazism, but it's very funny in um, Rick and Morty when he wakes up to the uh, fascist uh, empire with the bit and he goes, it's too fascist. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, like, oh no, not again. <laughs> yeah, and he just kills himself because he can't handle it. He's I, like, fuck I, this. <laughs> I loved the character that they made in the season one finale, Abradolf Linkler, and it's a mix of Hitler and Abraham Lincoln. I'm like, that, now that's some funny shit. Yeah. Then you find out he's still alive later on, yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, brilliant stuff. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. I love Rick and Morty. I've been binging it like crazy lately. Um, yeah, New good. seasons out. <laughs> anyway, we're getting off track. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so French baby. Yeah, it's going to be a good fucking year for international professional wrestling. Uh, Rey Mysterio got injured. Uh, he, um, yeah, it's been a bit of a rough one. He was betrayed by Santos Escobar. Finally, thank God. Uh, by the way, Santos Escobar tweeting a picture of Rey Mysterio. Uh, after his surgery and saying stay home bitch good shit uh, <laughs> it's very funny to me um yeah the lwo sucks dick so i'm very very happy for that uh yeah he's undergoing surgery to repair the damage 
um, to his right knee, which I swear down he's had surgery on 50 times at this point. Yeah. Uh, Mysterio has been suffering from a torn meniscus in his right knee for over three months. The surgery will put the Lucha Libre legend on the shelf for six to eight weeks, putting his return on the timetable for late December or early January. Probably see him at the Rumble. Uh, Mysterio opted to work at less than 100% in order to wrestle Logan Paul at Crown Jewel. Um, Paul defeated Mysterio during the show to capture the United States Championship. So, yeah, uh, Bray Mysterio out for six to eight weeks. Not being rude. I don't think it's a big loss. I think it's actually quite a good thing because it gives the crowd a little bit of an opportunity to miss it, him a bit for yeah. when he comes back. It, so. it gives Santos's attack also some legitimacy too of like, oh, yeah, he's, yeah. he's gone. Yeah. Yeah, now hopefully they will capitalize on that and make him a half big deal because I feel like Santos Escobar. I, you know what, been off LWO, have them like turn on Mysterio and the gang or whatever, and just have like Losing, um, what was it? I can't remember what they were called. Legado it. del Fantasma. Legado del Fantasma. See, uh, yeah, just have them fucking do their shit. I thought they were great. You know, they were so good in NXT, <clears> man. I love their stuff with the uh, D'Angelo family, where it was the cartel versus the mafia. That was good shit. That was good shit. Because you know what, that's something that we. I can actually relate to in some certain way. You know, the mafia and the cartel are big parts of those cultures. So, you know, having them actually represented on TV is a good thing. But, you know, people aren't ready for progressive shit like that and whatever. You know, not saying that the cartel is progressive in its way, but, you know, using it as a storyline obviously is a different manner. So, yeah, Roman Mysterio being injured sucks, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs explains why AEW is on WWE's next. I cannot wait to hear about this. Oh, my God. They're on national TV, and we're on national TV. We go head-to-head. We're right on them, he continued. We've beaten them in ratings at times. We're right there on their neck. There are two major companies in this business. It's WWE and AEW. Jesus, how much were you paid to come out of this shit? Hobbs also... By the way, I really like Powerhouse Hobbs, so this annoys me. Hobbs also addressed the belief of some that he would fare well in WWE. For him, it's not a move he's ever considered due to AEW's stature in his mind. When people say, do you ever want to go to WWE? I tell people we're right there with them, he explained. That's not an answer, though, is it? (laughs) (laughs) That's not an answer, bro. So um, do we agree with Powerhouse Hobbs' assessment that AW is right on WWE's nets? Jesus, no. 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 They literally just made, what is it, $9 billion merging with Endeavor and all that? Meanwhile, you're spunking $9 billion on a bunch of fucking children in a playground. (laughs) Shut up, man. Also, Powerhouse Hobbs. Like when WWE comes calling, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Because they will eventually. Um, you know, the same with Wardlow as well. See, WWE is very smart. They're just gonna sit there and go, uh-huh, uh-huh, we'll sit there, we'll watch. And then all of a sudden these guys will become available and they will come into the WWE system and they will be taken like Jay Cargill, for instance. They sat there and they waited. They let AW make her a bigger deal than she was. Because nobody knew who she was when she first came in. Now she has star power. And now people are like, Jesus Christ, when she's squaring up to people like Charlotte Flair and stuff. Yeah, that's what they do well. Nobody's saying WWE is perfect because it's not. But they are very good when it comes to guys. Because Powerhouse Hobbs is the kind of guy that will thrive in WWE. Look at Bronson Reed, babe. Who do you think is going to be like the next reasonably big name from AEW to go to WWE? I don't know about contracts, but I would hazard a guess maybe someone like Wardlow. Wardlow. He cannot possibly be happy with what they're doing with him in AW. He doesn't do anything. I I reckon if the contract is not too long, I, I see Keith Lee going back because that's why Kyrie Sane went back to w, WWE. She, she got interested in going back to WWE as soon as Triple H. H. Yeah, as soon as Triple H. So I, I see Keith Lee going because... Keith Lee under Triple H, like look at NXT, 
like that weekend in 2019 into the Royal Rumble. Fucking oh. incredible. You had the War Games Survivor Series, and then and then a couple months later, Keith Lee staring down Brock Lesnar. I'm like, Keith looks so fucking cool. Spooge. Yeah. yeah. I was I was Spooge McDuck when he faced Brock Lesnar at the Rumble. <laughs> Jeez. Um, they should have given me. Oh, they should have just rolled with Brock and Keith Lee at WrestleMania. I'd have just fucking hum every. I mean, so much cum. Oh, tsunami! I would have wiped out a small village with my semen. Um, amazing. Hyper Perry. <laughs> okay, Hyper Perry. <laughs> Hit me up. Um, God damn, girl. Anyway, um, moving on. Uh, yeah, no, good shit. Very, very good shit. Uh, uh shut up, our households. Uh, Ilya Dragunov will defend the WWE NXT Championship against. Roger Sears, you fancy having a guess at who Ilya Dragunov's next uh, number one contender is? Because I know Tanvir already knows. No, I ain't got a clue. So, <laughs> who would you like him to face? Like, if you had, you know, infinite resources or whatever, like, you know, think about NXT, WWE, talents there. Who would Ilya Dragunov face in your eyes? Someone big, maybe? Oh, it's going to be shit, isn't it? Oh, and you're just going to have to put me on misery. Someone expecting... big, someone powerful. Someone I'm expecting who's got, this to be shit. Someone who's got some main event roster experience, you know, like a Gunter, maybe. It's would you would you do that? Would you do that? Well, yeah, you would, but who's it actually then? Fucking Corbin. Baron Corbin. Oh. I mean, oh. Corbin's actually been pretty cool in the next year. I'm not gonna lie. I haven't watched any Steve Rages. I just. First for Tiffany Strand. Corbin, Corbin, right now is my most underrated of the year. Wow, Roger Sears <laughs> looks like he's gonna fucking punch you. Um, <laughs> now nah, Corbin's actually been really, really fucking good in NXT. My favorite moment in Corbin's entire history is when he was wrestling Apollo Cruz when he first sort of started on NXT, and he said that he was gonna send him back to Ring of Honor <laughs> on on TV. I was like, wow. <laughs> and then he was just like, uh, what? <laughs> like, I didn't wrestle for Ring of Honor, bro. <laughs> Bit awkward. Um, <laughs> Our nation. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. How things are gay. <laughs> He's he's good at getting heat. I'll give him that. Um, the problem is the work rate of the match isn't going to match up to something that Ilya Dragunov is used to, like wrestling a JD McDonough or a Bron Breaker or a Gunter or Carmelo Hayes. So, but I'm very very chuffed for Ilya Dragunov being in a prominent position because he's fucking amazing. Um, um, yeah, I'm just I'm just waiting for Trick Williams to come to the main roster because Trick Williams is going to be a fucking star just just off the chant alone. He should be in the Black Throne. <laughs> um, what was it called? Something Black Throne. I can't Kings remember. of the Black Throne. Kings of the Black Throne. Piper Perry. Uh, yeah, good shit. Good shit. All right. It's time for a list before we get the fuck out of here. So, um, right. we have, So, I'll, I'll read out some and you can tell me which one you think. So, we have the top 30 best WWE matches of all time by Wrestling Inc. Uh, we have... Uh, no, that's that's pointless. The one of these is times that WWE inflated the WrestleMania attendance, but nobody cares about that. Uh, the 12 most historic matches in WWE history, um, or something else. What do you fancy? <laughs> uh, 12 most historic, I'm feeling 12 most, historic. or there's the 10 most historic women's matches in WWE history. I'd say just is, is the 10 most historic just like a general one? 
It's what they believe to be the 10 most historic women's matches in WWE history, whereas the 12 most historic matches uh, are basically, well, you can probably guess half of them, to be fair, but... I think uh, nothing's going to match up to when we uh, ranked the um, <laughs> the criminality of these people. <laughs> oh, no, I've, I've, I'm just reading a headline right now that's just making me laugh because I'm thinking of a joke. What is it? It's a Ric Flair MJF is special. MJF has a gift that so few have. Yes, Rick, it's called autism. Oh wow. <laughs> um, okay, that's um, that escalated quickly. Yeah. Uh, trying to think of uh i'm just having a look through here just to see if there's any others that was the best pay-per-view cards in WWE history i've I've got one that'll make you excited what's that logan paul announced for elimination chamber good because he's amazing um drink more prime um yeah that seems fair all right should we go for the 12 most historic matches and see whether we agree or not yeah that seems right I think Roger picked 12 because if he had to go through 13, I'll honestly stab somebody. Uh. <laughs> All right. So the 12 most historic matches in WWE history, according to Wrestling Inc., we're going to decide whether it's yay or nay. So we start with Nature Boy Buddy Rogers versus Bruno Martino from May 17th, 1963. What could make this famous? Proving a match doesn't have to be a epic to be historic. San Martino, San Martino, excuse me, beat the supposedly ailing Rogers in 48 seconds to win his first World Championship, becoming the second WWF champion ever. The backstory is more interesting than the match, as Rogers claimed he was forced out of his hospital bed following a heart attack, while San Martino claimed he had to threaten Rogers to do business in the ring, saying we can do this the easy way or the hard way. Whichever version you believe, the outcome began Bruno's nearly eight-year reign that is unlikely to ever be equaled although Roman Reigns is obviously trying uh, including selling out MSG an incredible 187 times so is this yay or nay do you think this belongs in the top 12 most historic matches in WWE history as it kickstarted the greatest and longest reign in the history of the title yes and for that reason kind of hard to argue with yeah yeah so, unsurprisingly, the first ever main event of WrestleMania is here. Hulk Hogan and Mr. T versus Roddy Piper and Paul Orndorff. No backstory needed. Uh, top 12 most historic matches of all time. Yeah or no? I'd say nay. To be honest. Exactly like horses. No, because main event... Remember that? Do you remember when we used to bully you all the time at Red Pro for stuck <laughs> on horses? <laughs> Those were the good old days. Remember that? Like Alex Delanza would go, I'll bet to you that you sucked off an horse because mm-hmm. you were obsessed with Red Dead Redemption 2's trailer where the balls of the horse. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, Look at that fucking horse cock. <laughs> yeah, fucking horse cock FC. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, moving back to the uh, list. Uh, yeah, do we think that Roger says, What do you think? Sanvia says, No. I, I think that's borderline. Uh, I get why they're putting it in because obviously first ever WrestleMania and it is the main event. First ever um, serious celebrity involvement. Like, yeah, I don't know. I guess there's probably there might be a few more that might just pip it. So if not top twelve, top fifteen, I think it's the one that's just on the cusp of it. Like I say, I get why they put it on the list, but why do you say no, Tanvir? <clears throat> I, I, it just doesn't feel as memorable or historic. That's it's like, yeah, it's, the, it's, it's the first, thing, but it's not one that you like constantly go back to. I was like three months old. <laughs> I was, I was, I was unalive. 
<laughs> I was unalive. <laughs> Many people to wish they were unalive after watching AEW. Uh, Hulk Hogan and Mr. T. Versus <laughs> Do you know what? I'm going to say yes. Like you only get a chance to be the main event of WrestleMania, the first ever main event once. Um, and when you think about who's involved in it, whether you like it or not, Hulk Hogan, one of the biggest icons in the history of wrestling, if not the biggest. Um, Roddy Piper, the greatest heel of all time. Paul Orndorff was just fucking amazing as Mr. Wonderful. Arguably Hogan's greatest ever rival for a lot of people, especially back in the day, other than obviously Savage. Um, and then, of course, Mr. T, who at the time was a big fucking deal as a celebrity in America, you know, and also oh. quite a big deal to have a black celebrity as well at that time. So, you know, like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, I'm going to say yes. Right. The next one is another Hulk Hogan match. Andre the Giant versus Hulk Hogan from WrestleMania 3. The most iconic moment, of course, being the infamous scoop slam, Um, you know, when he picked up the Giant. Do we think it belongs in the 12 most historic matches of all time, considering that it main evented what was for the longest time the biggest ever WrestleMania? I'm going to say yes. It's still kind of referenced to this day at points as well. Yeah. I mean, if you watch wrestlers on Netflix, it's one of the first fucking pieces yeah. of footage they use to describe what wrestling is. Um, it is one of the most iconic moments in wrestling is him being slammed. Um, do we do we consider it top twelve though, Rogers is? Yeah, I think this one is. Yeah. <laughs> it's I'd, um a real this one lasts in the memory for so many people. Um, where Tamvir, I'd say criticized, but where Tamvir said about the first ever WrestleMania main event not being so memorable, this one most certainly is. Yeah. If even if it is just for that slam, but yeah, the, there's so much to this one, you know, the memory wise, it's implanted in people, I think. So, definitely on the list for me. Yeah, the greatest giant in wrestling history essentially being felled by what would go on to be and probably was at the time the biggest star in the history of wrestling and one of the most transcendent stars in all of sports entertainment. So, yeah, it's as much as it's a terrible match, because um, it is, if anyone goes back and watches a fucking atrocious match, uh, it does belong on this list. Next up, Razor Ramon versus Shawn Michaels, the infamous ladder match from WrestleMania 10. Um one of the 12 most historic matches in wrestling might be a push for me. What do you think? What was the match again? Sorry. The ladder match from WrestleMania 10 between Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon. I'd say, yeah, yeah because it's, it's the first one pretty much. Is it though? Because Brett and Shawn had a ladder match before that. I think it's, I think it's the, like the, the first one. It's that... the first like main event marquee yeah. start. Like, it's the first one to be in a mainstream wrestling show. But... Um, you know, but it's one of those things, you know, I imagine what people might say is that it kind of kick-started the use of more gimmick matches. Um, but then at the same time, they still had steel cages well before that. They had war games well before that. So, you know, it's not like it was it was unique in the sense of it had a lot of star power and it kind of very much cemented both men's legacies as all nine grades. But um, or at least that they would move on to become great. It's kind of like, you know, if anyone sort of looks back, they can say, well, that's where they kick-started being truly Hall of Famers. But, you know, I mean, some people might argue with Shawn Michaels it was the Iron Man match. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, it depends. It's, that's the thing with wrestling. It's so subjective. I personally don't think it belongs on this list. I'm in agreement with you on that one. It's, it's um, a hard one. 
But I'm I'm inclined to agree with both you two gentlemen on this one. I'm also inclined to notice that you interrupted Rod Sears. Don't yeah. ever interrupt me. I'm <laughs> sorry, sir. Don't you dare. Interrupting me is one thing. You interrupt the champ again, I will personally fucking castrate you in front of your family. Outrageous. <laughs> yeah, literally. I will castrate you with a rusty knife in my teeth. Legit. Legit. Sorry, Roger, what were you saying? <laughs> I was saying, uh, as good as it was, especially at the time, because it was so different, uh, I think it's been so far eclipsed by, you know, the matches that have come since of the same stipulation that I think, unless you're of a certain age, you don't really think of that match at all when you think of ladder matches. So for me, that's why I'd say no, it's not on the list. Fair enough. Next up, the infamous match from WrestleMania 13. It is Bret Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin in a submission match. A lot of people believe it was an I quit match, don't they? It's like the Mandela effect, but it wasn't an I quit match. It was a submission match. Um, Bret Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin with Ken Shamrock as a special guest referee. This is a gigantic yes for me. Yes. That's the one factor that I think everybody forgets is that Ken Shamrock was special guest referee. But now nah, this is this is absolutely a hundred percent yeah historic. Just because of the shot at the end of Austin covered in blood screaming, and it's it's arguably the the greatest double turn of all time. But it also facilitated the kickstart of the greatest and most iconic champion WWF would ever have, and the person who saved them from essentially dying to WCW in Stone Cold Steve Austin. It also kickstarted one of the all time great heel runs in Bret Hart. Um, and it was also probably the most iconic double swerve in the history of wrestling. Yeah. Uh, it it kickstarted so many different things. Um, and also is still to this day, for me, one of the greatest ever wrestling matches. Perfection. Absolute perfection in terms of psychology and everything. Um, amazingly enough, didn't get a five star from Dave Mills. Don't think it did. Uh, everything you guys just said. <laughs> I can't agree more. Um, <clears throat> it, it's a wonderful piece of storytelling and um, just yeah, everything about it, the way it was done, the way they've done the turn at the end, you know, the double turn, just it, yeah, it has to go on the list, doesn't it? Because of everything that got built from it. Yeah, for very different reasons, but very similar reasons. At the same time, the next match on this list is the infamous Survivor Series 1997 main event, the screw job, Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart. The title is historic. Again, it's a big fat yes, isn't it? Like it's probably the, the most historic arguably the most historic on the list. The the amount of times that the screw job's been rehashed and redone and parodied and referenced. Why oh, we won't cover it here. That's why I won't cover it, because what's the fucking point? It's been done to death. Exactly. It it uh, yeah, it's it's like you just said, it's arguably if the if one of, if not the most historic match of all time, because we still talk about it to this day. And all you have to say to someone to know is Montreal Screwjob. And they're like, oh, I know what that is. It started the Attitude Era. It started Vince McMahon as the greatest heel cunt of all time. 
it's it's cemented so many people in this you know it really blurred the lines it was one of the very first times in history it was the first time in history that we really saw properly on tv people going into business for themselves uh, i know there was the rock and robin thing wasn't there with um fabulous mooner and all that was very weird that stuff uh can't remember what it was it was like a, a deliberate pin like a forced pin or whatever for the women's title but um this was kind of like the most like, like whenever somebody says like you know the shoot or going into business for yourself this is prime candidate number one this is ground zero for a lot of people um it's iconic and it absolutely shattered the foundations of what wrestling was at the time so yeah it's top 12 was, easy. Has, has there been a dark side of the ring on it or are they just like no because no. yeah yeah, there is. Yeah, like okay. um, was... yeah, Razor Ramon talked about it because Scott Hall says like uh, he he believes it's a work. Mm. I wish Jim Cornette lambasted him for that. <laughs> he hasn't lambasted every man on earth. Uh, it so, yeah, totally, want... totally belongs on the list. Um, it's funny you say about all of the benefits WWE got from the back of it. Yeah, I think what goes without being mentioned, despite how much the matches talked about, is that. The aftermath literally presented WCW with a chance to destroy WWE, and they royally fucked it. Yeah, yeah, you could not have made a better point, to be honest. Uh, they waited so long, didn't they, to bring in Brett? Uh, <clears throat> they fucked it from the get go with him. Yeah, they um, they just ruined the whole thing. No, uh, it was <laughs> to be honest, WCW for me never really regained much traction. I actually just kept going downhill after that. The only thing that really helped regain a bit of momentum was the rise of Goldberg. Um, yeah, fuck WCW. Circa, <laughs> or as we now call it, AEW, circa 2023. Uh, <laughs> WrestleMania 14's main event. The Austin era has begun. Stone Cold Steve Austin with Mike Tyson as the guest enforcer beat Shawn Michaels to become WWF champion for the first time in his career and truly jettison the company towards greatness. And slowly, after about a year after that or so, they would overcome WCW in the ratings and would never look back. Um, pretty historic main event of WrestleMania. Is it belong? Does it belong on the list, though? I'm going to say no. Moments, yes, but as... Because this is historic matches. As a match, I feel like I don't remember it as much. For the moment, absolutely, but we're talking about the match here. But it's not the same for Andre and Hulk Hogan. Can you tell me what happens in that match? I haven't done a scoop now. That's true. But, yeah. Yeah, you're fucking... I feel with that, we talk about... Like, uh, it's a, it's a tricky... I'm going to say no for this one, though. It's because you're a racist. Roger Sears, what do you think? <laughs> uh, I'm actually in agreement with Tanvir on this. I think it's a no. And the reason why is because I think the previous year, Austin had a bigger moment, a more historic moment with Brett. And I think he had bigger and more historic moments that followed this. And I think this one does get overlooked an awful lot. Um so I think it probably just misses out for me. Thing is, like a lot of people are saying that uh, you know, because Austin McMahon pretty much kicked off straight after this. Um, but I don't feel like it truly facilitated the need for Austin McMahon. I feel like they probably would have gone that direction anyway. Um, big deal having Mike Tyson on ringside. He was a big fucking, you know, he was one of the most iconic 
pop culture icons of well, any modern history really still is now to a lot of people. Uh, and especially this was what I mean, he wasn't that far removed from coming out of prison for rape for fuck's sake. Like, <clears throat> so difficult. I'm kind of on the fence. Um, just because the, the, you know, the Austin winning the title was a huge deal. Uh, something that goes under the radar a lot is the fact that Undertaker stood by the curtain um, with his gloves ready to go in case Shawn Michaels wouldn't fucking drop the belt because there was a suggestion that he would go into business for himself again and Undertaker was ready to kill him if he didn't go into business <laughs> if he didn't do what was right for business uh, which is mad I kind of would have liked to have seen that actually Undertaker just walked down to the ring and beat the <laughs> shit out of him too. Right? now that would have made it historic as fuck <laughs> uh, Undertaker's fucking <laughs> In the shit, you will drop the fucking title, you scrawny little twink cunt. Um, good shit. Uh, dear, he just, yeah, it's it also signaled pretty much the end of Shawn Michaels' career at that time, didn't it? I know he would come back and you know do even better. In my opinion, his second run was much better, actually. Um, but you know, <clears throat> uh, do you know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll sway with the room for once and I'll say, yeah, no, it shouldn't be on there. Just it's definitely top 20, probably. Um, Mankind versus Undertaker, the infamous. King of the Ring Hell in a Cell match. For all the wrong reasons, yes. But for me, it's the worst Hell in a Cell match. And that triggers everyone all the time. Because it's not a match. It's a horrific pair of moments that are truly devastating, but truly signify what mankind was willing to do to get eyeballs on this product. Fucking scary. An iconic moment, but it is not a good match. I'm sorry, but if you think this match has better psychology and better wrestling than, say, the first ever Hell in a Cell between Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, which is a masterpiece and also a five-star from Meltzer, and at a time, by the way, when he would not give a five-star to anything in WWE, um, absolutely astonishing. But I think from an historic impact and what it meant, it's probably the most replayed moment in history, him being launched off the cell. And I'm amazed he didn't actually fucking die or be disabled for the rest of his life. Eric Young, you're going off the top of a steel cage on December the 10th, by the way. <laughs> oh, this. He sent him off the Parkstone train to Labour Club. Oh, my God. It's the humanity. It's not just the moment of Mick Foley or Mankind going off the top of the cell. It's the audio of JR... Arguably the greatest commentary call of all t- of all time. I've said, by God Almighty, by God Almighty, that killed him. As God is my witness, he's broken in half. Yeah, yeah, it's it echoes around the time. WWE, you know, WWE will probably still be going when we're all dead, and they'll probably still be replaying that. So for that reason alone, it belongs in the top twelve. Anyone disagree? <laughs> no, can't disagree at all. Because uh, all like... these kids were front row, were front row as well, right? Hey, I think Fo- Oh no, I'm getting it mixed. You're thinking of the I Quit match with the Rock. Yeah, I'm getting it mixed up with the yeah, the chair shots. Yeah. Uh, next on this list is quite a contentious one: the Dudley Boys, the Hardy Boys, and Edge and Christian at the WrestleMania 2000 Triangle Ladder Match, which of course then facilitated the design for TLC. But at the time, this was just a Triangle Ladder Match. WrestleMania 2000, vaunted as one of the worst WrestleManias, isn't it, for a lot of people? But this match was pretty special. I remember watching this match and being mind-blown at the time. I'd never seen anything so crazy in all my life. Hell in a Cell was one isolated moment. 
Who can forget Jeff Hardy doing a swanton off twenty foot ladder to the floor? Like, was it the one with the spear as well, or was, was no? That... that was uh, that was WrestleMania seventeen. Oh, okay. That was TLC two. Oh, okay. TLC one was at uh, SummerSlam two thousand, which for me was the best of the three. Yeah. Roger C is really thinking hard about this. I'm really conflicted about this one because I understand the significance of it, but at the same time, I said that um, Michaels and Razor didn't belong on it because of everything that came after, and I'm going to have to stick to my guns and say the same here. I think they produced bigger, more memorable things after this. And so, for that reason, I'd say no, it's not on the list. Yeah, that I'm I'm inclined to agree with Roger with this one because I was gonna I'd say no to this, but if it was if it was TLC one, the the SummerSlam match, then I'd be yes. But I think for Triangle Ladder, I'm gonna have to say no. It's the thing of can the others be historic if they don't have this match first? That's where it becomes difficult because it's like yeah. yes, there have been better yeah. matches. But it, will there be better matches if they don't have the first one? Mm. So, in many ways, another argument as well for the first Hell in the Cell. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. how can Foley and Undertaker do what they do if we don't have the guinea pigs of Shawn Michaels and Undertaker doing it first at Bad Blood in 97? I'm, so... hoping, I'm hoping the first Hell in a Cell is on here, not just because the match was great, but it's the debut of Kane. I, d- I don't think it is, because I think these are in a chronological order. Damn, um, that's insane that that, much is, that that match isn't on there. I would actually probably dare I say, I mean, you can't remove the other Hell in a Cell, but I would argue that maybe the first Hell in a Cell belongs on this list more than this triangle ladder match. So I'm going to say no. Um, the Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania 17. The main event of the greatest mania of all time. Anyone who says it's not, you are wrong. Uh, it's just as simple as that. By the way, first WrestleMania to ever draw, and first WWE pay-per-view, I believe, to ever draw more than a million buys. There's there's only two words that I need to say, and people know what I'm talking about. My way. <laughs> or crack addict. <laughs> I mean, this match is is for is for some people crack. This match is crack to me. Yeah, yeah, like absolutely. This if I could stick this in a needle and shove it in my eyeballs, I fucking would. This match I... is a honestly. I am violently erect from the moment the glass shatters. It is just perfection to me. I have watched it so many times. I actually, I so when I was a fun story, I don't know why I need to feel and share this. So when I was eighteen, uh, I was a very sexless young man, as you can imagine. Um, still am now, to be honest. But uh, I used to. There was this beautiful gothic girl that I was uh, romantically entwined with, and uh, yeah, she um, actually wanted to violently fuck me after watching this match. That's how good it was because we were so excited by it that she wanted to have sex straight after. Legit. I had like a best of WWF tape from 2001, a VHS. I'm old. And um, I remember we saw, she was, she wanted to watch more wrestling. She was quite into it. And she was just like, so far. I remember she wasn't even a wrestling fan. She was losing her shit over the fact the rock, you know, when he's like getting walloped and he still won't get and stay down. And I just like, honestly, you could see her getting hornier throughout the entire match. As of course I was already horny as soon as I put the tape in. Um, Cause I'm horny for VHS. If I'm being honest, um, just the feeling of a stirred tape in my hands as it slides elegantly into its slot. <laughs> <laughs> the satisfaction uh, of like, 
It is so, so I was like, oh yeah, that sound where he goes, Ching. and you're like, oh yeah. Make love to me, 14 inch color TV. Make love to me. Um, yeah, beautiful. Man, I used to own a 14 inch color TV that I used to play multiplayer Golden Eye on. Fucking hell. Tell me why I know anything about this nonsense. The only 14 inch. My brother's your age, so I get told the stories. When I used to live in Southall, when we used to live in Southall, because uh, my brother, the age difference, his friends across the road, they'll put, they'd play GoldenEye and they each had like different consoles. So I think my brother had um, the the uh, Sega Mega Drive, and his friend, his uh, some of his friends had the N sixty four, and they'd go to each other's houses and just play games. Like got that's why I think for my birthday, like I think a decade ago, we got the Sega Mega Drive collection on PS three, and so me and my brother would just play Streets of Rage and GoldenEye. <laughs> To, to be fair, uh, on the Xbox Game Pass, the Streets of Rage 4 is really good. Um, really, really good. Roger, Roger Sears, what was the first console you owned? Do you remember? Uh, Sega Master System. Yes! That was mine! I had that as well. With Alex the Miracle Kids. Yes! Oh, yes! And, it used to, and you couldn't save it. So you had no. to play it in one sitting. Yeah. I get yeah. to the volcano levels, the lava levels, and I'd always die. I'd be like, fuck! Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, like eight-year-old me, fucking hated that game so much. I loved it, but I hated it. I play it every day after school, and like it just it drove me crazy. I had Shinobi two on it as well. Oh, Shinobi! I love Shinobi. Yeah, just like that was what facilitated my passion yeah. for ninjas. My um, my my first console amazing. was the Game Boy. It was the Game Boy Color. I had a Game Boy Color. I had Tetris yeah. on it. Yeah, uh, I, had, I got it yeah. free for opening up an account with Halifax. <laughs> I love, I love Tetris. Like all that like old school Tetris. Just all this getting... retro talk is getting me all excited about being nah. young. Getting uh, all nostalgic. <laughs> uh, I feel like the first game I played might have been, might have been Legend of Zelda: Oracle of Seasons. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Oracle of Seasons, and then I went on to like Pokemon and all that. We'll uh we'll have a dedicated. I think we should just sit down and have like a dedicated like games chat. That's like nothing to do with wrestle plug. We need to start gaming plug. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Chris Jericho from Vengeance two thousand and one is the next on this list. Of course, the first ever undisputed champion. Is it one of the twelve most historic matches ever though? No, no, no I don't no. think it's close. Like it's a great night. It's amazing to see Chris. Like it was such a big upset. I remember everyone was furious that Chris Jericho won, right? Because he was just like what. The rock and stone cold, like you can't, like I couldn't believe it. But um, like it's iconic, but only in a kayfabe standpoint to me. It doesn't really, sh- it, for me, to it for it to be historic, it has to be a game changer in real life, not just in kayfabe. Yeah. And for this, this is just historic from a kayfabe standpoint. Oh, we unified the belts, and but they didn't, you know, until Triple H won at WrestleMania, they didn't turn it into one belt. So he was just walking around with two. And to be honest, the title run, if you think about it, is you don't really Sorry. remember anything about it other than the fact that he won it at Vengeance and then lost it to Triple H and Mania. Other than that, he didn't, didn't really do anything with it. Like, who did it? I think he wrestled The Rock at the Rumble. Maybe yeah, he was... did. Yeah. Yeah. Like... And he, re- he wrestled Austin at No Way Out, didn't he? And the NWO came out and interfered. Yeah. So yeah, he it's... never, he, he wasn't a convincing champion. He wasn't booked very well. And if I remember rightly, in the run up to Mania, he basically became Stephanie McMahon's bitch. Yeah, it became more Triple H versus Stephanie with Jericho as the side piece. The whole like, yeah. you know, he wanted a divorce, didn't he, and all that sort of very yeah. weird. And 
Yeah, it's, to be honest, I actually think WrestleMania 18, if you remove The Rock and Hulk Hogan from it, is one of the worst WrestleManias. Yeah. I think it's actually really boring. Right? I'm, I'm amazed so far that that's on there, but no Royal Rumble in terms of historical matches. No, the Royal Rumbles are on it, um, which is a real surprise, actually. There are only, uh, there's only one left. Uh, John Cena versus Triple H from WrestleMania 22. Is that the one with the cool entrance with H throwing the hammer through the glass? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I can't remember if I'm being honest. Because um, I don't mind King of Kings, but I love the Triple H simple entrance where he just had the sledgehammer and just fucking flung it through the through the glass and then just walking down. I'm like, that's that's cool. Uh, this what's famous about it is Cena made Triple H tap out was not a big deal at that point um uh, for me i think it's because it's kind of like the first main event where people were turning on him at wrestlemania it was the first kind of let's go cena cena sucks sort of thing and this is where he became divisive there was a real big i remember um the dirt sheets was just really starting to become a thing at that point and like they'd obviously been a thing for a long time but this was the first time the internet was kind of really having its say and i remember people were on forums and things like and there was a big suggestion that they were going to abandon and turn cena heel because he was just getting so much heat and this is kind of where they cemented it and said now nah, fuck you and just had cena kind of keep going and i think for a lot of people to me surely him beating jbl is more historic because that was his first major title right mm-hmm. so it's kind of like the sort of you know indication of this is the next big star the next marquee talent but um, I don't think it's anywhere close to a historic. I, I wouldn't even have it as top thirty. No, it doesn't belong on this list at all. No, no like, for me, the Iron Man match at WrestleMania between Sean and Brett should be there before this. Um, dare it I may... say, dare I say, Rock versus Cena is probably more historic. Just for yeah. what I'd say, I'd say it may not be a great match, but more historic, Rock v Hogan. Rock v Hogan, yeah, absolutely, because that's like. The only time they had a chance to do that, like the biggest icon yeah. of that era versus the biggest icon of this era, they've never really been able to replicate that. That's why they kind of want Rock and Roman Reigns, I think. But it just doesn't have the same caveat, the same gravitas, yeah. you know. Um, I personally think that's a real wet fart as the last one on the list. Yeah. It's 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 a very weird list because that's why I mentioned right then. I'm like, I'm amazed no Royal Rumble is on this because some of the Royal Rumbles are bloody historic. 2001 is my favourite rumble of all time. Um, although, historically, probably the one that's... I don't know. Like I'm trying to think. I mean, the first one has to be in there, doesn't it? Because yeah. it was a completely untested yeah. entity, I suppose. So I'd be more inclined to put the first rumble in there than this. Um, maybe, uh, you know, like we say, the first hand in the cell should have been in this. Like I don't think they did a terrible job. Normally, their list can be fucking yeah. awful. Their, their biggest cards of all time was some of the worst I've ever seen. Um, but this one, I feel like they got 70 to 80% of it pretty much bang on. Uh, there's a couple where you just think, mm, not for me, but you could understand. This one, though, is a complete wet fart in the end. It's like... I it's don't not- understand its inclusion. Like you said, there's those other ones that could have gone in, but... You're talking historic, then why isn't Michael's flair in ahead of that? Yeah. You know, it just no, yeah. I just don't understand what that's doing on that Master list at all. Why isn't Taker versus Michael's when t- Michael's retires? Yeah. Like that, yeah, is, yeah. Oh, what yeah. a match that is! Holy, shit. um, yeah, like there's the end of the era, end of an era match, too. Yeah, like from it, yeah, terrible match, but historic nonetheless. Um, 
God, some of those WrestleManias were fucking awful, weren't they? Like in the sort of like early twenty ten to sort of twenty fourteen. Oh God! Like... I'm trying to think of like other historic matches during that time. I mean, would you say in terms of historic, SummerSlam, Brock versus Rock? I mean, it's the last time that The Rock kind of was truly considered a regular main eventer and then he was gone wasn't he after that he was pretty much mm. that was when he sort of said yeah see you later and then he came back and wrestled Goldberg for a month and Austin in 2003 but at that point it was very clear he was back to kind of you know just kind of wrap some shit up um, you know Brock versus Rock also was just like he's one of the biggest ever stars in the history of comedy versus a, a, like the biggest genetic freak we'd ever seen as a wrestler um, you know I remember they had the um, the little the promo package with them both training, The Rock was doing box jumps and things like that. It was actually really like, whoa, like this is going to be a, a big fucking deal. The match itself is actually quite forgettable, um, which is a shame, really, because The Rock just couldn't keep up with Brock's work rate either. That's not his style. Um, you know, so, yeah, but there's so many matches from Mania or SummerSlam or whatever I could have put. Like, for instance, Brett versus uh, Bulldog at SummerSlam 92 uh, would probably be ahead of this match. Um, even if you want to say, you know, kick starting John Cena, like, you know, maybe John Cena's sort of, you know, first WrestleMania sort of main event against JBL, or maybe his match against the Big Show where he picked him up and gave him the FI WrestleMania 20. Like, all those matches kind of kick-started him as a big deal far more. Um you know, like that's when you kind of knew this was going to be the poster boy more so than this match. <laughs> In many ways, Austin being a special guest referee to Goldberg and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 20 is more historic just because how much of a shit housery it was. <laughs> but yeah, let us know in the comments what you think. Anything else you boys want to talk about before we wrap it up? I know Roger Sears probably wants to go to bed. No, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're off this week, aren't you? Right. Yeah, yeah. Midnight. We'll finish this one. <laughs> Four hours left <laughs> for the wrestle plug. Uh, yeah. Any other business, boys? Do you want to carry on talking about video games for a few minutes? I mean, yeah. I mean, I've got Super Mario RPG coming tomorrow. <laughs> Has anyone played Mortal Kombat One yet? Oh, uh, I have. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's it's arguably because I'm watching more videos on it. It's it's one of the toughest like fighting like fighting in community was one of the toughest ones to learn because there's so much on the timing and the button inputs but i think that's what makes it fun too because there is so much to learn awesome. um oh, i had I a lot have of... some any other business before we get ran in and that is of course the announcement of the main event of bcd wreck the halls december the 10th ladies and gentlemen it will be roger sears il campione massive penis number one the <laughs> BCD champion, the main event, the history maker versus some geezer from Canada. Uh, it should be a good uh, Eric Young, Impact Wrestling megastar, former WWE NXT tag team champion, the leader of sanity, will roll into the Parkstone Trades and Labour Club and no doubt under the most hostile environment in all of Dorset will face Roger Sears for the BCD Championship. And you will lose, Eric. You will fail in front of your family and your friends because you are a nothing. You are a nobody. You are literally past news, eh? EY, <laughs> the state of it. Team Canada, buddy. I reckon Carl Wilkinson can take you at this point. State of it. 
now nah, I'm obviously very young, big fucking deal, but I'm just cutting promos in it. Um, this uh, this Roger says is your biggest ever matchup, despite the fact that Cameron Anderson's ego can't handle the fact that it wasn't him. Um, <laughs> what, how is preparation for a match like this? Uh, uh, I'm gonna kick his fucking head off. Oh well, there is that, but you know. <laughs> Yeah, stepping away from you throw cage. everything you got at that super kick. I'll yeah. say that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's gonna take a lot to keep him down. Oh. Yes, you yes. must have someone up your sleeve. I saw Taron Tyler Roberts chirping away. I was like, bro, if you've been carried by Roger Sears, be quiet. Nobody's talking to you. Like, oh, that <laughs> yeah, mate. Honestly, honestly, if it weren't for me, no one would even know who you are. Just be quiet, bro. Honestly, like, you know what? You can suckle at the teat of Sears all you want, but. <laughs> Yeah, like you'll do, you'll do nothing when it's all said and done. You'll do big, nothing. He's the big bill of this equation. Be quiet. Um, yeah, the um, what's it like? Like you know, is it nerve wracking? Uh, at the moment, no. I, I'm actually really quite calm about it. Are you it sure? All. Are you sure you're not nervous? <laughs> no, honestly, right now yeah, I'm I'm good. quite calm about it. I imagine as the time gets closer, we'll get to like the week of the show, and I will be shitting a brick. I've no doubt, but. Uh, right now, I'm pretty calm and relaxed about it all. What do you think about whisperings that certain people in this profession don't think you're up to the challenge of facing Eric Young? Um... <laughs> That's my <laughs> boy. Fuck yourself, fuck Go fuck yourself. Um, if you were I, good I, enough, you'd be facing him, wouldn't you? Well, there you go, you know. Um... Maybe worry about your own shit more than crying about BCD every five minutes. How about that? Uh, yeah, exactly. How about that? Instead of fucking going on the internet and going, I don't like this. I don't like BCD. I don't like Jane. That's cool. Nobody said that you're not entitled to those opinions, but it's not going away just because you cry on the internet every day on your little forums. It's not. It's just not going away. This is our biggest card to date, by the way. And as you might have seen from the poster, we also have one of the most historic tag teams in British wrestling, the business coming in. So pretty obviously they're going to be facing. I think you can put two and two together there. I'm not going to insult our fans' intelligence. We have MOS, one of the best and most exciting baby faces in all of professional wrestling. We have Alex Connors, who is one of the best and most villainous shit houses I've ever seen in my life. The Temple of Light Leader, you know, Sean Riley, big baby face, umpa lumpa, good shit. Like you know, there's there's a lot. We also have some other people like running around in a battle royal, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but I um, mean, you know, it's that. You know, there's, there's a lot of talent, people from Kamikaze, people from RCWA, people coming from all over the country to work for this show. So we must be doing something right. So, you know, I guess get some cream for the yeast infection and get over it. But yeah, Rod, Rod Sears is going to fuck up Eric Young and the reign of terror and tyranny will continue. But it's not tyranny, is it? It's not. I see you, Sean Riley. You're putting your silly little fucking statuses out. Ow. It's just hopefully going to be the end of the tyranny just because Rodicea's kicked Daddy Knox in the face and you had to sulk off. You had to sit there like a cuckold little slut and watch as Rodicea kicked your dad into submission. I bet you are rock solid in realist. By the way, I noticed you couldn't even sit next to your own family. Like That's how embarrassed you were seeing your own dad. Because let's be honest, your real dad was, what, three seats down? But you didn't want to sit next to him. Because really, you wish Jay Knox was your father because he's a failure like you are.
what I just say is try not to pop his nuts off is my favorite. <laughs> but, oh, that was a fuck. How's that for a fucking promo? Complete That's a promo. Completely out of He's Marfo Tanvir. You want to cut a promo on Sean Riley? We'll put you against Sean Riley if you cut a promo on him. I don't fucking know who that is. There's your promo oh. right there. <laughs> I'm being honest. Who the fuck is that? Who the fuck is Sean Riley? There was a start to a rivalry because Tanvir has wrestled this year. He has trained a little bit. He got his debut. I reckon Tanvir could take. What do you reckon? Do you reckon Tanvir could take Sean Riley? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. 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 I fucking. You smell that. You smell that right. (laughs) If I let him beat me, is that playing the race card? Sean Riley versus the Bombay Bomber. That's going to be good shit. The Bombay Bomber. (laughs) What? Because you throw hands, isn't it? Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter what I say at this point. You're going to make it racist, like you this know. Is and this is Masala. Nickname the Bombay Bomber. I think that's quite cool. We can't call you the Bombay Bad Boy because, um, you know, that's what Raj and Rishi were called, the Bombay Bad Boys. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Bombay Bomber sounds good to me. It'd be worse if you were the Baghdad Bomber, wouldn't it? Like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I still remember the video I sent you and how I lost it when the guy said Garam Masala. <laughs> it was a like, Garam Masala. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, next time you wrestle, if I'm a commentator for it, I'm going to see how many curry references I can drop in before somebody gets pissed off. Uh, <laughs> He's adding some Garam Masala. He's. <laughs> Oh, he's feeling spicy tonight, Marl. <laughs> he's climbing the turmeric twister. Oh, the turmeric twister. Oh, <laughs> my God. Book that immediately. Yeah, the korma clutch. <laughs> the, the cumin clutch. <laughs> the cumin clutch. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, that's a little bit more. The that's paprika press. like a true Indian who will not recognise the British bastardization of curry that is the korma. <laughs> I know that the korma is a lot of colonial bullshit. Like, I'm well, not... The korma's so mild. It can be it can be delicious, don't get me wrong, but if I go to a carpet, I'm not I'm, not, I'm a Pasanda man. What about you, Rog? What's your go-to curry? I actually like a prawn curry. Prawn? Prawn's yeah. good. Prawn's what good. kind of yeah, but what kind of prawn? Because obviously you could put prawn, you could have a vindaloo, you could have a pasana, you could have any number of things with prawn. I'd say would, I'd, I'd personally say with prawn, prawn corn is probably best yeah. to go with. Because it's because yeah. Because it's kind of like refreshing. Roger Sears has never been whiter, has he? A prawn. Corn. I know, right? Yeah. What's um? What's the family go for? What's the wife go for? Oh my god, she loves her curry. Um, I I don't think she's got a preference. She just loves curry. She loves the Roger <laughs> Passander, I think. <laughs> Press. We're all queuing up for a bit of the Sears sausage, boiled, <laughs> rimming, can I, can I peering inside be... a vicious vindaloo of the, of seduction. <laughs> My finish be the Briani bomb. The Briani bomb. Biryani bomb. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm trying to think what other things of what other food have we got in here? We need to come up with loads of names for Tanvir's. Every single one of Tanvir's offensive maneuvers must have a curry name. Like all of them. <laughs> the Bargy Bomber. The Bargy Bomber. I just can't get away from bombing. <laughs> Please don't sue me, FBI. The Sarg Suplex. The what? The Sarg Suplex. Yeah. Yeah. I still like the Korma Clutch. The Korma Clutch is good. Yeah, I like the Korma Clutch. Um, what else have we got? Uh, the Passander Pile Driver. 
Mm. Yeah, the uh, we've got the yeah the biryani bomb. Mm. Um, that could be your power bomb when you power bomb Sean Riley into insignificance right in front of his <laughs> the family. Panair press. His dad. His dad looks like the kind of geezer would be offended if his son lost to an Indian. <laughs> I am the biggest heel walking this earth. And I... <laughs> Mate, I just... I'm terrified now. I don't want to. I don't want to somehow win and then get immediately killed. What get jumped by the KKK's leader? No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> joke. It's a fucking joke. Um, <laughs> well, you may have to edit that. I'm not going to edit that. <laughs> um, Tom, no idea. Tommy Robinson impersonator. Tommy Robin. Wow, I've just been called the Tommy Robinson of wrestling. How depressing. <laughs> EDL. Jesus. The BCDL. BCDL. Oh, the British. The Behind Closed Defense League. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like some really, really aggressive shopping experience. <laughs> Welcome. Market sweet. <laughs> <laughs> dear idea. It's lucky this fucking podcast is bullshit, isn't it? Like nobody watches it. Our boys, none of us would ever work again. Um yeah. Anything else you boys want to talk about before we wrap it up? I'm all good, thanks. International I... break this week, Rog. Excited about the international break? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, who, anybody who gets excited over the international break is for sad a bit. <laughs> Probably a sex offender, to be honest. <laughs> I, I genuinely hate the international break so much. But yeah. I can't believe anyone watches it. Like, it, yeah. it, it depends on the matchups. Majority of the time, it's matchups. Like, There's a man who's been watching way too much wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> It, dep- it depends on what ma- what matches are on or like because with it being international break, what countries are facing each other? Well, good news, Scotland rescued a draw against Georgia tonight. England's got Malta, right? Uh, oh fuck me, I'd rather kill myself. Uh, <laughs> like <laughs> Azerbaijan beat Sweden three 0 Yeah. Now yeah. forget the international break, Aaron. Have you been watching Bake Off? <laughs> I do you know what I need to catch up with it massively. Um, yeah, you mentioned Rick and Morty. I thought what you'd do is on like Tuesdays if you're free is like maybe maybe watch Bake Off, then like maybe maybe a bit of rust, and then ten o'clock straight away Rick and Morty's on. Yeah, uh, I do need to watch it. To be fair, um, I'm just having a look at this. Oh, hold on, we do have some uh, some exciting news from the football, and that is. That in the where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Here we are. The African World Cup qualifying stages. Yes, Egypt to beat Djibouti 6 0. Come on, wait, 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 wait. I scored four against the mighty Djibouti. Djibouti, (laughs) I had to double check that. I'm like, that can't be a real Djibouti. Djibouti. The country nobody knows. <laughs> like, <laughs> straight up gave Djibouti a pounding. Djibouti sounds like a pawn, if I'm being honest. Um, but that being said, in the same World Cup qualifying, Sudan drew one all with Togo and Nigeria drew one all with Lesotho. Cape Verde played a nil-nil draw with Angola. Cape Verde, lovely country. Yeah. Have you been to Cape Verde, have you? Uh, yeah, we went there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course you have. Your second name's Verde. How do you not, like, Live in Cape Verde. Yeah, we uh we went there last year on holiday and it was actually really nice. 
It was. Um... Where'd you last go on holiday to, Rog? Uh... <laughs> yeah, it was in the UK somewhere. That's all right. Hey, no judging. Not very man. far. It's a tough. It's a tough economical climate for people with families. Oh yes. So, have you yeah. ever been abroad? Once. Where was it? Uh, for a weekend to Detroit for WrestleMania 23. Oh my fucking god! What a flex! Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. swinging that monster penis around. Like, don't go abroad much. WrestleMania 23. Well, hey, what was the main event of that? <laughs> Sorry. What was, what was the main event of 23? Cena Michaels. Oh, okay. Was that the same one where Rey Mysterio won the title? Or was that the year before? No, no, no. Mysterio. Oh, you got to you, you got to witness like the first big Undertaker match, Undertaker Batista. Yeah. Oh, but that was good. Yeah, it was. Awesome. Oh, you you you, you forget that. We're, we're in the greatness. Roger says witnessed the greatest match of all time. Great Carly versus Kane. I think he's probably forgotten about that and you've just trenched up that memory. Yeah, he looks yeah, genuinely like you've just <laughs> seen it. Oh, you got to see Mr. Kennedy with money in the bank as well. Oh, fuck yeah. I used to love Mr. Kennedy. Yeah, Boy. he was red hot at the time. Yeah, yeah he was. I remember because um, that was the year when I went to see WWF in Cardiff for a house show and he was in the main event for the title. It was him. Uh, Mark Henry, Undertaker, and Batista in a fatal four way for the World Heavyweight Championship at a house show. You, um, ludicrous. Also... Oh, we also got Finley versus Kane. Yeah. Roger, <laughs> Roger also saw Scary Canadian Man v the most valuable pilot. Oh, I remember that MVP, yeah. <laughs> the most valuable pilot. I thought that was me. <laughs> <laughs> Bombay Bomber. Ah. Good shit. Right, I think we'll wrap it up there before things get even more fucking... Well, they can't get any more offensive, can they? Uh, if for some ungodly reason you want to follow us on social media, and I suggest you don't because we're awful people, uh, at WrestlePlug is obviously my social media. Roger Sears, where can people find the BCD champion on social media? Hey, you can find me on Instagram at r.sears.prowrestler and I'm on Facebook as Roger Sears Pro Wrestler. Vanveer, where can people find you on social media? You can find me on Instagram at um, at Tamvir underscore Verdi 99 and you can find me on Twitter at, at Verdi underscore Tamvir. Why is it 99? Is that the amount of victims you've had in your basement? <laughs> no, that's, um, that's, that's the year of my birth. <laughs> God, I fucking hate you. 90. <laughs> one, 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 one off the hundred. <laughs> I was going to say, that is a lot of dead babies. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean bowling balls. <laughs> bowling balls. It's a fucking joke. Seriously. Like, Ricky Gervais goes out there. And, Ricky Gervais, right, does a stand-up, right, where he talks about how he wants to fuck baby Hitler and everyone's like, ha ha, very funny, very amusing. I said yeah. babies on a podcast. Cancellation. He's, um, like, he's got the, Ricky Gervais has got the crazy joke about the little girl who's telling the story and then he's just like, oh, make something up. Jesus Lord. Yeah, I'm like, what did the man do to you? And it's like, oh, he did this. And then she's like, Oh, nothing else. And he's like, oh, just make something up. It's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Fucking grim, isn't it? Even even I'm a bit uncomfortable. That says a lot. Because I'll say fucking anything as a heel. I don't give a shit. I think think Jimmy Castor got one of the greatest jokes and to do the mosquitoes. Yeah, yeah. Go on. Why don't you uh, regale us with that joke to finish out? 
it was the um if there were is it that there if there were more mosquito nets than a I I can't retell it from memory. How convenient. Um, no, I, I'll get it up. I'll get it up now. I'll get it up. I'll get it up now. That's what I said to Piper Berry. <laughs> <laughs> Consistent storytelling here at the Wrestle Plug. <laughs> yeah, make sure you follow uh, Tanvir Verdi on social media. I don't even know if he posts or anything. He normally just shares anime stuff and has a you know a, a circle jerk with Ian Deal. <laughs> one piece. <laughs> the one, one piece. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the joke was, if only Africa had more mosquito nets, then every year we could save millions of mosquitoes from dying needlessly of AIDS. Fucking hell. Like, fuck me. Like, what? the dark place you have to go. Like, I'm in a dark place a lot of the time, but that wow. is something else, what? isn't it? What makes that clip and joke better is Tim Minchin losing his mind. Yeah. Just like fucking cackling. Yeah, that is just fucking something else. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for watching the State of Wrestling Address, <laughs> the worst podcast in wrestling by far. I'm proud of that. Uh, we'll catch you very soon for more content from the Wrestle Blog. Meanwhile, I'm going to go and die in a vat of acid. <laughs> Great episode of Rick and Morty. <laughs> it actually is. It actually is. Trust the vat of acid, you piece of shit, Morty.